and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with my friend and fellow podcaster, Stephen Farshid of Smorgasbord. What's up, dude? Hey, stoked to be here. I don't know if I was... <laughs> I don't know if I was allowed to say that. I don't know if it was trademarked or not, but I've been dying to say it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? Dave Feynman hit me with that last week, and we skated right past it, and then he like brought it up again later in the episode, and I was like, son of a bitch, he did say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, when you got something good going and, and you get people imitating it, it must, it must, it must be working. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? It's always a pleasure to hear your voice, man. Oh, right back at you. And um, dude, with, with C2E2 having been so recently, really missed getting to see you this year. Man, I would. I, I don't know how much time you have or how much your audience cares, but I'd love to. I've heard no news ever since Brian made a comment uh, in the group chat about telling the 2020 C2E people to, to sit back and shut the hell up. I uh, I kind of stayed off there, so I don't even know like <laughs> how it went down, if there were shenanigans. I'd love to hear about it. Oh uh, yeah, I was just there for the Saturday, and and it was a lot of fun this year, dude. I I I got up at a reasonable time and drove to Chicago, and then I was planning on parking in Lot A right across from the convention center. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake uh, texted me, oh, about an hour, ninety minutes or so away, and he's like, hey, Lot A is full, and I'm like, son of a bitch, naturally. Yeah. And and so I got there and just kept driving down that road that the entrance to lot a is on and eventually found uh public parking down in like chinatown so how'd you get back to the to the, the mccormick or whatever <laughs> my feet <laughs> Ooh, dude that reminds me of san Several diego blocks. oh my goodness and so the only reason why i didn't go i had c2e2 off like i had planned to go and the only reason i didn't go is i got last minute um vendor passes for san diego comic-con oh nice yeah, some one of the vendors owed me for money because I sold him some books, and I called to like collect, and he's like, "Hey, can you just give me to San Diego?" And I was like, "That's fine." And he's like, "Just come out, just get it from me at the show." And I was like, "Yeah, that's for for the rich folks. Like, I'm I can't go to San, you know, I don't have a ticket." He's like, "Dude, I got a vendor badge. Just come out." And I'm like, "Shit, I gotta I gotta figure out a way to get out there because <laughs> that's you know, hard to pass up." Yeah, and then you know I can get in pretty much three hours before the show. Any given day, you know what I mean? Because vendors, oh, yeah. you know, can start coming in at like you know seven a.m. or whatever to to set up and do the things you got to do. So I just I knew that I wasn't really going to get another opportunity to go. So I took that shot. And man, let me tell you something. They have these shuttle buses from the hotel, and they drop you off. And I'm not exaggerating. About a half a mile away. And I know that's not doesn't sound much, but people that don't know me, I'm a big guy. So I'm gonna walk a half a mile just to get to the door. And then once you're in there, you know, you know how that is. You're walking three, four miles on this hard concrete the whole day. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I could feel your pain on that one. Did you just did you spend the night, or you just hung out and then got back in your car and left? No, I, I stayed the night. Um, see, it worked out too because my um, I I packed in I packed everything in my like hiking pack. I've got like right. a like a forty eight liter. <laughs> like liter. really that, in, that's in, how in they the measure UK? the volume oh, okay. of backpacks is by liters gotcha. and i think this one's a 48 uh mm-hmm. but it's a really nice um uh osprey uh kestrel pack that mm-hmm. i'd been drooling over forever wanting one back when i used to climb all the time but it was a more expensive pack and i was always you know pretty strapped for money to spend on climbing gear so i never got it and then eventually mm-hmm. 
you know, once I was doing better financially, I got this pack and it's just been sitting here since I don't really go climbing anymore, but I got this dope pack. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to use it on my Chicago trip. And then when I had to park so far away, I was like, oh, this is fucking great. Now I'm not some asshole dragging a suitcase for several blocks. And so, yeah, I just threw my pack on and set the the GPS on my phone to walking. (laughs) And it said I was 20 minutes away. Ooh. Dude, that's a, I, that's a good walk. I made it three blocks before I saw my first giant pile of human shit on the sidewalk. And I was like, ah, it's good to be in the city. Human shit. Human shit. That's something people do. They just Con- they just confirmed, shit. Huh? They just shit on the sidewalk. I mean, look, I guess if you've got nowhere else to go, I mean, and <laughs> I yeah, nothing to lose, I guess. I would imagine the person who did it would be somebody that you know. Uh, was un- unhoused or something, th- I would th- imagine. That was my thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, the worst part was there was a giant footstep in the middle of it. Oh, It was elongated. Goodness. So somebody stepped in it and slid. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> is, is it worse to step in human shit than yes. step in dog shit? A hundred percent more because you're going to have way more risk of gnarly bacteria that can get you super sick from human shit than from like dog shit, believe it or not. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Uh. It, stuff from human beings is the worst stuff you can be around. Like if you, like if you had to choose between getting bit by a dog or getting bit by a human, choose the dog bite every time. Hmm. Like a, a human's mouth is—you might as well get bit by a fucking komodo dragon. Oh, There's so okay. much gnarly bacteria in a person's mouth. To where if you get bit by a human and you don't get treated right away, that skin has a very good chance of going necrotic, and then they're going to have to do actual surgery on you and cut out all the rotting meat. Hmm. Okay, so is that, that so? That's it in general. Humans are just gross. Humans are gross. <laughs> yeah, and like really, if I prefer, like, if I had to pick who to hang out with, a bunch of dogs or a bunch of humans, I'm definitely picking dogs. Yeah. Anyway, so I got bit by a dog recently. It was pretty bad. Oh no! I yeah, my um, my dog's an asshole, uh, and she's like super like just like dog aggressive. So, you know, but you know, we keep a good eye on her. We watch her, you know, she's in the backyard. There's this neighbor dog, this, this pit bull. Mine's also part pit. Um, and it, and it just, it, it's loose around the neighborhood and it's just, it goes to my dog's fence line. It just taunts the shit out of her. So she's losing her mind constantly. And I'm going to have to go out there and get her and get her off the fence, you know? Well, one day, I don't know what happened, but we were, we were going out the front door and my dog just bolted out the front door and uh, she made a beeline for this, this, cause it's like across this road to, to the, to the neighbor's house mm-hmm. and they've got one of these like flimsy fences. So we like kind of trotted after her and man, we could already hear the, the, the growling and the rawr, like the fighting already happening as soon as I got there. So I, I just wanted to make sure that my dog didn't get put down. You know what I mean? For killing somebody else's dog. Uh-huh. And they had this big old, like a shepherd mix with like St. Bernard or something. This big old dog they call Thor. And his his bark is like, is deep. And I looked over and Thor was there too. And 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 I, Thor wasn't involved. And I was like, oh shit, like Thor's about to eat me too. But for some reason, Thor stayed away and just let these other two fight. Like Thor was just backed up and like kind of barking like, what the hell's going on? So I knew that my dog, if I just let my dog go, that, you know, she would cause some serious damage. So I just jumped in there and I grabbed them both and I was like pulling them apart. And the other dog just kind of latched onto me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, you know, the other dog's like fighting to get away too. And I'm sitting there trying to pull them apart. And this dog just, just crunches into me and 
we finally got him apart and then she wouldn't let go of my arm, the other dog. But I mean, you know, obviously it was all my fault and my dog's fault and they were really cool about it. We went back over later just to make sure that the dog had rabies shots and stuff, you know, for me to make sure I didn't have to go to the, oh, to the yeah. ER. Or but um, we asked how the dog was doing and she's like, she only, she only has a couple scratches on her, which I was just so surprised because when I came around that corner, my dog already had the other dog like flipping around in the air. So I don't know if like she just plays super, super aggressively because she didn't try to, to hurt the other dog, apparently. So I don't know. But That's definitely a scary situation to get involved in, though. Yeah, I didn't really, you know, don't call me a hero or anything. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't think about it, dude. I just jumped in there because I just knew, I just knew that if something obviously, she, you know, she ends up really hurting this dog, that they're going to call animal control or whatever, and they're going to make me put my dog down. And I, and I just, you know, whatever. I just had to do what I do to get in there and rip them apart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How's your arm? It's fine. It's, it's got some, probably looks like what's going to maybe five or six, like little scars, like puncture hole scars and this is three days before san diego comic-con too oh jeez! So yeah, you didn't have to like go get stitches or anything like no, that then no well, they good. were actually very clean like like just full teeth marks like no rips just like several little like holes where the teeth was just kind of like just in there you know what i mean ah damn yeah yeah but it was fine that didn't hurt as much as my the tip of my finger because i was trying to pry my dog's jaw open the tip of my finger got caught in my dog's teeth and she just, just crunched that, I mean, the shit out of that finger. And that's the one that really hurt, that continued to give me problems the whole, it's still to this, to this day, there's probably some kind of nerve damage or something in there. So oh, if I no. hit, if I hit it wrong, then it just, it feels real bad, but it could have been, everything could have been way worse. So, and then they actually moved, like they were selling their house. So they, they, they moved like a week later, they were gone. So thankfully I probably don't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm for you. It's a nice day out, so I'm recording with my windows open, and of course there's a there's a cop going by in the distance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my I can't small talk ass to you. town. <laughs> oh, yeah, the one cop that you guys have, right? We don't even have a town cop. We have to wait oh. for, for sheriff's deputies from the county to get here. Great. So don't have an emergency, basically. <laughs> yeah, you better be able to handle yourself for the ten minutes or so it's going to take me to get here. You know, I I, um, I I can't talk to you without talking about the weather in Iowa. I don't know why that's so fascinating me, but I always <laughs> what what are you sitting at right now, dude? It's been beautiful here lately. It is. It says eighty-one degrees outside, but there's like a nice breeze. It's oh, okay. Mostly blue sky. A little little bit of clouds. And it says it's 81 degrees in my room right now. But I mean, it's been oh. really, really nice. Uh, nice. I went outside on my, on my lunch break earlier and was throwing some uh, frisbees at the disc golf target. Nice, and, nice. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was hot in direct sun. Uh, the right. boys went out and played in the pool earlier, which I'm always happy about this late in the season because it's usually I'm just I clean the pool. And it sits uh -huh. and gets unused until it's dirty enough to where it needs cleaned again. And then I clean the pool. Uh -huh. and I do that that's, a few times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like, man, nobody got, nobody even played in this thing. Oh, <laughs> in dude, between that makes the me times. So, oh, dude, I want to pool so bad. You have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's worth it. I, I wanted one when I was growing up and I never had one. Mm-hmm. Did you and, put it in yourself? Did it come with the house? No, I put it in myself. It, it's oh. one of those. 
it's an above ground one that's like the soft sided one with mm-hmm. like the steel tubular framing. And mm-hmm. we just happened to find it on sale at like a local Menards for I think it was two hundred and ninety seven dollars. Oh, and wow. it's like four foot tall, sixteen foot circle. And huh. came with a filter that takes the paper canister. Right. Or like can style filters. And so I mm-hmm. used that for I think the first two years. And it was such a battle with the water constantly turning green. Sure. And just being gnarly and going through paper filters like crazy. And and then Lindsay's <clears throat> Lindsay's uncle that had a pool suggested I get a, a sand filter. And so then the okay. third year that we had it, I got the sand filter, and then I haven't dealt with green water since. Nice. Changed and, your life. Oh, yeah. But, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, from like Memorial Day to Labor Day, kind of in that time period, like I am a part-time pool boy. And <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sexy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I say that to my wife, right? right. <laughs> I'm your part-time pool boy, but your full-time mm. lover. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you she loves that, huh? <laughs> she gets super turned on. <laughs> so do you have like a deck around it or is it just like the ladder you climb in climb it's, out it's just the ladder it, and i yeah. actually then got a, a replacement ladder where you can remove the ladder on the front part of it so that then nobody can get in the pool oh nice so it's like a safety feature yep oh yep. that's cool and um so yeah the, the only really two big aftermarket purchases i've done on it were the the sand pump or the sand filter and then that ladder and I think that ladder was, they're probably like the ladder was around 180, and I think the sand filter was like around 150 or so. So, I mean, so I, you I've, definitely I've have gotten $500. Into it. Yeah. So you've gotten $600 worth of joy out of this thing, I would imagine, right? Well, I think we're on our like fifth or sixth season with oh, it. Yeah. And granted, this year, earlier in the spring, before it was open, I had that raccoon that was terrorizing my yard. And it, it scratched a hole in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little son of a bitch! So, uh, but I was able to, to fix, fix that you? with flex tape, dude. Oh, <laughs> that shit that, works. That's the stuff they show you on the where the guy cuts a hole in the bottom of his canoe and then yes. puts it on. Wow, <laughs> it works. It fucking works, dude. But when I when I put it on the outside, um, it stayed on for a little bit and then it was gone. And I think what happened was I think that raccoon went and tore the fucking tape off. Oh, so this raccoon just has some kind of fucking vendetta against you. Because, like, there's no food in the pool, right? No, it was just wanting water. But it's like, dude, this is water that's been winterized. Like, it's had, like, a whole – it's had the whole host of winterizing chemicals dumped in it. Did you explain that to him? (laughs) (laughs) It was a big old raccoon, though, dude. And eventually, you know, me and him duked it out, and I haven't seen him since. Like phys- like a physical altercation? <laughs> so I kept chasing it. Every time I'd see it in my yard, I'd run after it, and then I'd just chase it off. Uh-huh. And um, I, I went out for a walk one night, and it was dark enough to where I was wearing a headlamp. And so mm-hmm. I got home, and I was talking to my wife outside, and she was like, oh, I feel like it freaks me out being out here in the dark. I feel like that raccoon is just anywhere around us just watching. And so I swept mm-hmm. my headlamp around the yard, and sure enough, there's glowing eyes Oh. 20 feet away from us. And I went, yeah, yeah. he's right fucking there. And so Son then I, bitch. and so then I, I, uh, chased it and it ran under my garden shed and it was just hanging out under the middle of my garden shed. So I went in my garage and I got, I've got this weak ass pellet gun that, like, uh-huh. if you pump this thing up 10 times and put the barrel right against an empty soda can, like, it'll only cool. dent the can. It doesn't even nice. have enough power to, like, puncture a can. 
Yeah. And so my grandpa used to use it all the time to shoot at squirrels that would get on his bird feeders because mm-hmm. it wouldn't actually hurt the squirrel, but it was right. enough of a snap to where it would scare him away. And he was in his, in his words, he was training the squirrels to stay off of his feeders. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> they got the message. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to train this raccoon to stay out of my yard. And so I chased it around the tool shed or the garden shed and when it went underneath, I took up a prone position on my stomach and just aimed right before its glowing fucking eyes and shot. And then it took off and I haven't seen it since. Nice. So he got the message. He got the message. He's going to get shot in his nice. little furry fucking face if he comes in my yard again. <laughs> Wait, when's the last time you saw him? Uh, it's been a long time now. Since like, like uh, the beginning of the... Okay. Well, since the beginning of the summer. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't know. If you go back to figure out what podcast it is, I told the story right after it happened. Oh, okay. I was, I went fucking full Rainbow Six on this thing. <laughs> was it a Starcast? Yeah, it was a Starcast episode that nice. I talked about it. Nice. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> dude, this is a big raccoon, like one of the bigger raccoons I've seen. And like, and well, when they like, start just walking down your sidewalk in broad daylight, it's like, damn, does this thing have fucking rabies or something? Raccoons generally don't do this, and yeah. so it, it definitely yeah. didn't have much of a fear of people anymore. And. uh and yeah, it just kept like it fucked up my pool, and it was getting in and like making a mess of shit in my backyard, and it was just like I gotta scare this thing out of here. Yeah, now he's got the fear of the people because you, you took care of business. <laughs> <laughs> You're a neighborhood hero, bro. You're a legend. <laughs> yeah, I was glad it didn't show up again. But the next step, and this should have been my first step, is, is to get one of those traps that just catch it, and then you just drive it out, you know, like t- twenty miles away or so, and let it go in a different patch of woods. What about his family? Uh, my my wife's uncle has been doing this with raccoons out at his place, and I think yeah. he said that he has relocated almost a hundred raccoons oh so far. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, good on him for like going out of his way to like you know not kill an animal. I like that. <laughs> He's driving him like two hours <laughs> away too. <Jeez. laughs> I hope he's not just depositing it like somebody that he went to high school with that he really hates or something. He just <laughs> drops him off on their property. Uh, other people in the family were joking with him that there's somebody else in that other area that keeps delivering raccoons to his area. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just moving the same raccoons back, the same two raccoons back and forth. Yeah, just the raccoon exchange program. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I know. I, I gotta get back to C two real quick. So, um, there was so much drama in like the comic. Uh, Instagram community that happened at C2E2. Oh, really? And it's Oh, dude, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So, what had happened was, this company called Black Flag, they do like uh, comic exclusives. They're, they, they're what they call an exclusive house. They they All they do is they hire artists to do exclusives for, for different Marvels with different variant covers. You know what I mean? Okay. So, apparently they commissioned uh, um, Clayton Crane to do a Ultimate Fallout 4, the first appearance of Miles Morales, um, they did a um, facsimile edition, I think last year. And everybody, you know, went out and, and, and hired somebody to to do a variant cover for that book. And Clayton Crane did one. Well, apparently there was a, a shit ton of unsold inventory. And what Black Flag decided to do was have Clayton Crane um make another cover for it that was like acetate i don't i don't really i just know i only know that word because of of all this stuff but it's like that do you know what acetate is no i don't think so it's like a like a um 
it's like a real stiff um piece of plastic but it's like it's like you can fold it and stuff it's like paper but like it's it's clear okay so this guy clayton crane did some other artwork that on this acetate clear paper and then they took that clear paper and they folded it over the other book and they just stapled it to that other book <laughs> and then they resold it so it was like this weird thing because it's like who the hell wants that you know but and they were selling it for 85 dollars a pop wow yeah so what happened was apparently some people that remember i was telling you that a vendor vendors can get in there early yeah so there was this uh, – they were going to be set to release I think the Friday or the Saturday. And there was this group and they keep calling them the influencers. I don't really know. Like I think that's given them a lot of credit. But it's just a group of people that go on on Whatnot, which is another selling platform, uh, and sell comic books. And they're just like, what up, comic fam? You know, like just talk like that. Smash that like button. Slap that subscribe button. You know, that kind of <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, so they're you know they're just always out on Instagram talking about yeah we're here for the community we want to give back to the community. Well, it turns out apparently these people got you know front of the line because remember nobody else is in there yet, so they they're there before. So yeah, the place didn't start selling until nine o'clock, which is when, when doors opened, but they were already standing there as front of the line. So there was like five or six of them apparently, and each one of them bought like seventy five to a hundred copies of it. Holy shit. Which means the first couple of people that were in line maybe grabbed one, but after that, it was sold out. So, you know, people obviously were upset and they noticed that these people that are on there talking about, you know, the community and comic fam and all that shit. They they're like that that's these people and they're buying them up so they can turn around and sell them for $300 a pop on whatnot <laughs> to the community. To the community, you know, it's for the comic fam. So, <laughs> That I mean that I mean everybody just started calling them out and it just became this like all out meme war and like I mean it was it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. Like, you know, I'm all about dude, trust me, I, I resell comic books too. And I would have I would have bought I would have done the same thing. But I'm also not on my Instagram talking about I'm here for the community. I'm here no, if you know that I'm on there and I'm selling, I'm I'm selling as a reseller. But yeah, it, it just it just it just doesn't look good when they're always talking about giving back to the community. And then CGC, which is you know the grading authority for for comic books, decides to grade these things. And if you send a book in, let's say I send a book in where the where the the cover had come off, right? And I don't want to have a detached cover as 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 a as a because that that's that, that's a huge grade hit. If you send a book in, the cover is detached from the rest of the book. So I take a stapler and I staple the, the cover back to it. What I'll end up getting is something called a qualified grade, which is a green label, which is like the kiss of death when it comes for comic books. Like you take a book that might be worth a thousand dollars and you get a green label, and the same exact grade is worth about a hundred dollars. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's so it's serious, and it'll come back as a qualified, and it'll say two extra staples uh, put in after manufacturing. It'll say that right on the label. That'll give it that qualified grade. However, these were getting graded at blue labels, which is everything's fine labels. So that just made the community look really upset too. And it just made me wish I would have been there, you know, just so I could have been. Because, I mean, this, I mean, like I said, here we are. How, how many, how many, how many days are we removed from it? Like 10 days now? Something like that. 
Yeah, and they're still talking about it. So I'd love to have been there just to just to have been a part of that whole thing. And um, yeah, man, I just I had I had fun in 2020, but it sounds like 2022 was was a blast. Yeah, it sure was. Um, yeah, dude, I got a lot of walking in though, because um, so yeah, I, I made it to the con at like 12:30, and then ended up going to bed somewhere around three in the morning. Nice. And then I woke up at six and Ooh. packed up all my stuff quickly and then hiked back to my car and then drove home. Did you guys hit the lobby again or no? Um, that, that was pretty much where we were hanging out Saturday night. Nice. It was just like a lobby party. We were, we were hanging nice. out in like the kind of the, the outside area outside of the restaurants, um, yeah. between McCormick and, and the Hyatt. Yeah. Were you, you, were you not, you weren't there for the lobby in 2020? No, no, because that oh. was on Friday night, and and um, so far I've only ever been to C two E two on the Saturdays. Gotcha. Yeah, that lobby was great, man. We just brought coolers down there and just hung out and just chilled. And there was there was a you know a bunch of people hanging out from you know different groups of people just lounged out. That that was probably one of the best times there was hanging out in that lobby. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun this year. Um, cool. But w- when I checked my step count on my phone the next day, I had walked fifteen miles. In, mm. in 24 hours. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and you were still, like, you weren't, you weren't like, limping or anything? Uh, I was a little bit sore the next day. I, I, I walk a lot, as is. Oh, okay. Um, so, really, walking's not too bad. And also, I had a really good pair of shoes. But, mm. but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was definitely feeling it in my legs. When you say day. good pair of shoes, do you want to shout out the brand, you know? Uh, Asics with the, uh-huh. the gel soles. Nice. Not aftermarket gel soles, the actual like Asics gel in like okay. sole running shoes. Cause yeah, cause I got to find something. <laughs> I, I mean, within the first hour and a half, like my feet are just like throbbing. So yeah, I, when I used to run all the time, Asics <clears throat> were the, the ones that I thought was like a really good, affordable running shoe that it didn't, it, it didn't, cause I, I like I've had plantar fasciitis at times in the past. Mm-hmm. And and those Asics shoes were like comfortable enough to where I could go and run, and then still be able to walk without a limp the next day. Oof. Because yeah, that, oh, dude, that, I don't know if you've ever had plantar fasciitis. Oh, issues, I, it's I definitely worst. I wake up in the morning and it takes me the first five or six steps before I can even walk straight. You know, mm. yeah, it's it's rough. If physical therapy helped on one side, but the other side's kind of kind of shot now so i have to go back for the physical therapy but i started stretching a lot which has really helped a lot you know stretching in the mornings before i do anything else you know oh yeah for sure yeah rolling it out with like a frozen oj can or something like that but (laughs) that sounds really pleasant oh it's nice dude i mean unless it gets too mushy then you end up smashing the oj and you have to clean it all up but (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sucks dude this is like a geriatric podcast all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) yeah man yeah i wish i could have gone 2023 for sure i'll be there hopefully you can make it more than one day though yeah, it's it's just kind of, you know, because we, we've got the boys and and considering how much it costs to go and hang yeah. out in Chicago. And then when I weigh that out against the family budget, like mm-hmm. as much money as I would spend for just me to go and do on this trip, the yeah. type of family vacations we usually do, that costs more than me taking my family like out of state uh, for a week. Really? Somewhere. Because, yeah, we, we go and stay somewhere for a week. 
I mean, we we don't like go out and do things that are expensive. We go places where we want to go, like hiking, and mm. hiking's free. <laughs> I got you. So, so you're not talking about a week where you go to Disney World and Universal and all that no, nonsense. No, no, because yeah. it's like we we could do one super expensive vacation like that maybe every other year, or we could mm-hmm. do like three or four of them every year for the really cheap things that we do, and nice. then. It's funny, too, because there'll be at times where the kids will be complaining about it. But then, you know, it's like, hey, how many states? You know, you're you're almost to the point now where you're going to have to use two hands to start counting the amount of states that you've been to. And not just nice. driving through. You've actually been there and yeah. walked around in and seen, you know, things. But, I mean, it's funny because uh, at, the, at the time, there's times where they're definitely not into it going out hiking all these places. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time Liam was super bored in Colorado. And I was, I was like, I was like, look around. I was like, this is, isn't this beautiful? You don't see anything like this where we live. And he's like, freaks out. And he's like, it's all rocks. It's just rocks. There's rocks there. There's more rocks there. It's just all rocks. <laughs> it was just a meltdown, like an actual meltdown. <laughs> yeah, he just was not having it. It was. That's awesome. It was somewhere in between Estes Park and Boulder because <laughs> we took oh, man, the scenic way through that's the mountains to get there. Man. Oh, right. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's where I asked my wife to marry me. Oh, where at? Uh well it was in Rocky Mountain National Park, but we were staying in Estes Park. Nice. Yeah, so. that was that was where we stayed for the first few days of our Colorado trip where it was in Estes. Yeah. I, I always wanted to stay at the Stanley, but it's too expensive. Yeah, we just drove past it. We yeah. um, we we stayed um there were they had like condos that you could rent out mm-hmm. that, um like uh the fall fall river went okay. right right through the base so if we walked so out beautiful. the back of this condo there was like a little deck out there and if you stepped down off the deck you were like maybe 30 yards away from the river is, is that the river that kind of like when you're just at those restaurants and shops it's just right there and the, behind yeah. all the restaurants goes dude, right that through is the middle so of town beautiful dude that's so beautiful i know <laughs> i love it man i love rushing water and stuff you know i i love to be in water of course that water's very cold but like Anytime I try to get in water around here, it's like not moving very much, and I just get weirded out by it. Yeah, I. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was way more adventurous about mm-hmm. jumping into water, and now mm-hmm. it's like I've got all these rules where where it's like I want to be able to see the bottom, mm-hmm. and and I I when I was a kid, dude. Um, so I pretty much grew up on this river that's really close to the small town that I grew up in, mm-hmm. which. Incidentally, now I just live further down the river from the small town I live in now, same river. Nice. By. <laughs> and so I just grew up, you know, like several miles upriver from here. But mm-hmm. um, we used to to go to this other town even further upriver, and we would just jump in the water with a bunch of inner tubes and shit. And we would just float down to where my mom and dad's cabin is, and then we'd just climb out on the dock that's God. right there on the bank. That sounds so awesome. Though. Dude, it was, it was like the most fun thing that we ever did when i was a kid i looked forward to it more than anything else i always just loved being in the water and, and you just had, yeah you just had instant access to that too just anytime you wanted yeah yeah ah, so well awesome. and then it was super cool when when because dad always had a dock because as long as i can remember dad always had a boat but for mm-hmm. a, a long time he was the only one that had a dock down there and mm-hmm. then a neighbor built one also and it was up river maybe about 20 yards from dad's so we could go and jump in the river off that guy's dock and then float down 30 yards and then climb out on the ladder at Dad's, Dad's dock and just keep doing a loop. And just keep doing it. That's yeah, so fun, It was man. so much fun. 
or we would tie off a, a really long rope with an inner tube on it off dad's dock so then you could float down even further and then catch that inner tube and then hand over hand it to, oh, to wow. get back up to the dock it was a lot That's of fun so growing cool. up on the river like that but oh, but now when i think about it i'm like i don't want to go and jump and swim <laughs> around in that river that's gross as shit that water is like super green um, yeah I still haven't quite lost my irrational fear of sharks, so I don't know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that fear might be irrational. Well, we're approaching the modern hellscape. I, there, I could see a world where there's a fucking bull shark in there that <laughs> oh. made it this far, this far inland. Did I ever tell you about my bull shark encounter? What? You had a bull shark encounter? Fuck that. Those things are scary. Dude, I'm in, I'm in um, Playa de Carmen, um, you know, of the, the peninsula down there with Cancun and, and Cozumel. And it's my buddy's wedding, and the night before we go out, I'm heavily drinking and all that. And a lot of the night's fuzzy to me, but I do distinctly remember like sitting on the top of the hotel. There was like a hot tub and everything. Looking at the ocean, I'm like, man, I need to be in there. At this point, it's like 6.30 in the morning. So the sun's like kind of just starting to creep up. So I go, and I'm completely by myself. This is all me. And I decided to go and just – just walk. So where we were, there's this really long dock and the water was so shallow that you could basically walk well beyond the end of the dock and still be like up to your like nipples, I would say. So I, I'm out there and I'm just, I'm just walking around gorgeous, gorgeous water. Um, and I never knew how nice the beaches were down there. You always hear Cancun and MTV spring break and all that. And you're like, Oh, it's probably just this shithole. But it turned out like there's just go absolutely gorgeous beaches and water, completely clear. Not even like none of that seaweed or rocks or nothing, just gorgeous. So I'm out there and I'm just walking out. The water's warm as hell, like bath water. And um, I start walking. I walk. There's this, there's this little guy at the end of the dock, and he's a local guy. He's a Mexican guy. And um, I don't know what he was doing, fishing or, or casting nets or something. So I walk past. Are you still with me, Joe? Or? Yeah, I'm here. Just listen. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I walk, <laughs> I walk, I walk past this dock, and I'm walking, I'm walking. All of a sudden, I, I, I hear, "Hey, hey!" So I turn around, I look at him, and he's pointing and to the right of wherever I am. So for some reason, I'm thinking that he's telling me that I'm about to hit like a coral reef or something. Go that way. I thought he was giving me directions. Oh, so like, well, okay, that's nice. So I turn. And I start walking in that direction. So he starts screaming again, no, no, no. I'm like, what? I turn around and he starts making the international sign with your hands for a shark. So I was like, what? I turned around and all I see is the dorsal fin in my face. <laughs> and it's probably a good 25 feet from where I am. So I don't know how I remain so calm. I just pivot. And I just start slowly walking back. And I don't know if like maybe like I inked like I shit myself or something, you know, just a brown cloud just out the back of me because I remember distinctly remember him just completely slowly swimming directly. And I didn't want to look because I knew if I looked, I'd freak out. So I it was just this dark shadow that just slowly went by me to my right. So finally I make it to the end of the dock and I'm screaming at this dude, get me out of this fucking water. This dude probably weighs 85 pounds and I'm begging him to get me out of this water, but he cannot lift me up. So I just walk closer to where I can get a little higher, like around the edge of the dock. And finally he gets me out of the water 
just in time for me to climb up and look and see him kind of swimming away, this dark shadow kind of swimming away. And I'm like freaking out. Now, now I decide to freak out. And I'm like, man, I just can't believe how close because he must have been full, I guess, you know, because it was the, that time it was it was it was dawn, you know, and I know uh-huh. they kind of feed from dusk to dawn mainly. And I, I don't know why he was that shallow, but I'm freaking out. and I'm looking at him and I'm like, man, I can't believe that was close. That was close. And he the straight face. He looked at me and he goes, maybe dolphin. <laughs> 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 son of a bitch but i'm pretty convinced that it was not a dolphin because i would imagine that it would be swimming faster than that and i remember the dorsal fin being being kind of thin and black as opposed to like a, a like a like fat you know what i mean like thick uh-huh. yeah so i don't know that was my only encounter with the bull i, I would assume it was a bull shark uh that's terrifying though dude oh uh, because that's man. what jaws was actually based on was a bull shark Right, not a great white. Yeah, they just made it a great white because that's more cinematic. Yeah, and bulls are are more aggressive too, and I, I guess more importantly, they get way closer to the to the edge of the water. Right. That's right. They're they're yeah. they're highly aggressive species, and they also have the ability to switch between salt water and fresh water. Mm-hmm. So it's really not uncommon to find them in like up brackish river. waterways and even deep. Yeah, deep up river. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the the shark attacks that Jaws was based on actually happened in a creek in New Jersey, and it was a oh. creek that connects to the ocean. Now, do you think they can make it as far as Iowa? Is the question? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but why? But why be the one to fucking risk it? <laughs> you don't want to be the evidence. That, well, exactly. That we well, here's the thing: that would happen. It'd be like if I were in that water, and it did happen. My first thought would be, of course. <laughs> of of course, Th- this Naturally. is what you fucking get. You, you it was it was a thought that was percolating in the back of your mind that you yeah. managed to say, "Oh, this is irrational." And now look, now you got a big chunk missing out of your fucking calf. <laughs> yeah, but you got a hell of a story. That is true. You would have and a story, can, but and you get to tell everybody how right you were the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth a little bit of your calf. We did do that float on the river on Sunday, though, but we were all in kayaks. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, oh, the so most... you did you, you did get back on it? Oh yeah, you yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm not. I will never again float down with like my body in the water. Like the last few times I floated, I didn't even use an inner tube. It was just me bobbing around in a life jacket. And you you don't want to do it because you can't really see much what's going on down there. Correct. And also, it would freak me out every time my legs would hit something underground under the water. Yeah. Like it, yeah. like you bounce off a a log or like yeah. a rock yeah. or something like that. There was even a couple times I'd step on a fish mm. and then it would just take <laughs> off and it'd be like, whatever I stepped on moved. <laughs> yeah. That is, you know, it's funny about the whole age thing because I, I too, I love, I love the water very much. And, and now I find myself like being super picky about everything. And we went in this water, we went out the Tennessee river is not the cleanest river, but there's this little beach that right, right on the other side of the dam and it's you know nothing special but I, was like, I just want to get in the water and i'm out there and i'm swimming i'm like i don't like the way this smells and the funny part is like i smelt that smell like the rest of the day oh it yeah was just it gets like on your skin my, it was just but it was like also like in my brain you know <sighs> what i mean so that was the end of that like i'm never going back there but it's like i would never have cared about that back in the day <laughs> that never. happened to me one time when i was a little kid and i played in a creek that ran through a cow pasture Oh, the whole rest of the day, I just felt like I smelled like like cow shit and piss. 
And I was like, this is the, I will never, ever play in a creek that goes through a pasture ever again. Lesson learned. Dude, creeks, <laughs> creeks are like, oh man. Like I remember being playing in creeks when I was a kid and like coming out just leeches all over my feet <laughs> i mean they're little small ones but like still like this i i just can't i i kind of want to go back to those innocent days where I, I just did things and had had a good time and not worried about it but like maybe there's a reason why you start worrying about that later because you actually like your survival instinct is is way stronger at oh, this yeah. age you ignorance know ignorance is bliss we had fun sure back is. in those careless days because we didn't have you know the the burden of all the knowledge that we have now yeah yeah i guess <laughs> you know just how gnarly and like like you know now i know now like when i was li- when i was younger there was nothing more fun than playing in like a flooded creek Ugh. you know because it's like oh the creek that's usually three feet deep is now six feet deep this yeah. is the shit and it's moving so fucking fast <laughs> yeah yeah those those, those, those I, flood creeks are rapid man well, and when i think about it now it's like okay it's flooded with farm field runoff god knows what you're swimming in also, I mean, six feet deep and running fast, you'll lose control of that super, real quick. Super dangerous. And end up somewhere you don't want to be, like stuck in a drain or something, you know what well, I mean? Well, exactly. In, in the place that we would go swim, it was it was uh, one of those, it's just like a culvert bridge. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like just a big stretch of concrete that I think it had like maybe five or six culverts embedded in it that the creek mm-hmm. would normally flow through. But then when it would be high, it would go up over that road yeah. And the way that it would then come down off the road and go into the creek on the down, on the downstream side, it would push yeah. all that sand out. And so for about the 20 or 30 yards after the bridge, it would be like six to eight feet deep. Oh. But then when you got like 50 yards away from the bridge, it was waist deep all huh. the way across. So it was like relatively safe. Like if you just let the current take you, it's going to push you down to where you can just stand up easily. Right. But but dude, if you go on the up up on the upstream side of this bridge, it would just be these huge vortexes, these whirlpools yep. in the water. And Oof. some of these crazy fuckers were jumping in there and just holding their breath and going through. And just let them take let it take it through. Uh-huh. And my parents like always told me, like, they were very good at filling my head up with the the worst case scenario. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, what if there's like a log or something jammed up in the middle of there that yeah. water gets around, but you wouldn't get around? Mm-hmm. Now you're you, trapped you, you, you in there. Can't, yeah, you're not going back up the same way you came. Exactly. And, and mm-hmm. so every time I would see them do that, I'd be like, no, fuck that. Or they'd yeah. be like, well, we threw a beer can in and it went out the other side. And it's like, you're bigger than a beer can. <laughs> Yeah. Is there yeah, a Todd sized beer can? You fucking idiot. <laughs> Dude, that's that'd be a sight to see though. I I'm not gonna do it, but I definitely incur- would encourage my friends to do it. Uh it it, it gave me anxiety <laughs> watching friends do that. Yeah. We did lots of dumb shit like that. We used to go uh cliff jumping all the time where mm-hmm. we would go to this abandoned rock quarry that had filled up with water and it yeah. had probably about a twenty twenty, twenty-five foot uh, drop on one side with yeah. a, a pretty good, you know, flat spot at the top that you could run and jump off. Mm-hmm. And like, no, we no were doing head first dives and shit like oh, that. And then come that. to find out it was only like 12 feet deep. <laughs> and it was like, dude, I could have, I could have been blown into a tube to move around in a wheelchair. Like what a yeah. fucking dumb, incredibly dumb shit I did when I was younger that I'm lucky to have survived. I'll tell you what, that was fun as fuck. Yeah, I was going to say you had a blast that in <laughs> <laughs> The most memorable time was going out there after Mike Tyson bit off uh, Holyfield's ear. Mm-hmm. We watched that on pay-per-view. And then when that fight wrapped up, 
we all went out to this this rock quarry and just parked a car on the opposite side and left the high beams on so that the beams were kind of pointing at where we would jump off. Uh-huh. And so it was illuminating the whole cliff face and everything. So when you would go and jump off, you were just jumping into darkness. Oh, you couldn't see the water that. under you or anything. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but then I'm, when I'm, you were in I'm the not water, a fan of water at night, bro. I'm not a fan oh, of being me on neither. Water at me night. neither. It's super fucking scary, dude. But yeah. I was with a bunch of friends, and it was an adventure. And so we were doing it. But what was cool is that when you were in the water and you looked back at the cliff face, it was all illuminated, and so you had enough light. To, to make the climb back up to the top. Right, right. At least you knew where you were going, but I no, no way I could have jumped into oblivion. <laughs> it was no so way. scary, but it was Wait, exhilarating. What year was that? Oh, was this... That like, oh. Uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere. It was when I was going to college, so it was in I that I was thinking time 04, but I, now for some reason I'm saying that, and that's too, that sounds too it, late That's way me. too late, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was fun shit, though. There was a, there was a garden hose. That was hanging down the side of the cliff, and it had knots in it, like every three feet or so, and that's what we okay. used to climb up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and the geez. garden hose would stretch when you would like plant your feet on the wall, mm-hmm. and then you pull on that garden hose, and then walk your feet up. The garden hose would stretch, and every time I'd be like, "Is this the time it's going to snap?" It's going to snap, yeah. And, and I'm just going to go cannonballing backwards back into the water, and then and then what? Do I am I going to have to swim across this thing and climb out <laughs> like where there's no cliff? Oh man, you didn't give a shit though. Huh? Nah, but then the the guy who owned it figured out we were going out there, and he put up a gate. And in yeah, now, he's in a now exactly, I was gonna say now through the eyes of an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally understand. They we were trespassing and doing highly dangerous fucking. Right, it's not like he really cared that you were on his property. He just no, he didn't want to have to deal with dead kids. Oh, yeah, for real. And dude, so, one time we were out there, and there was all these fucking snakes in the water. Oh my and, god! And not just like doing the thing where they're just slithering on the the surface. They th- somehow it was like they were on the surface, but then they were up. So they like the front halves of their bodies were sticking up like a good six to twelve inches off the surface, like 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 just water cobras. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> fuck that. I'm never going in this. I don't ever want to go in any water again after seeing that. <laughs> I'm not a snake guy. I don't I mean, like snakes. I I I depending on the snake. It, it doesn't yeah, bother no me snakes. because like no like garter snakes, they don't bother me. Um, the other day I was on a walk and I saw a brown snake. They don't even have fucking teeth. No, um, not a fan, dude. I, I, I'll fuck <laughs> with spiders all day. I don't like spiders. No way. I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with spiders. I f- fucking hate snakes. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't like them. Like you never see the people that are like, you know, like wherever, like walking around with boa constrictors around their neck and they want to put it on you. I'll do it. I'm not like afraid of it, but the whole time I'm like, I- are we done yet? Like, can you get this fucking thing off of me? I just don't. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't know why. I've done that with a ten foot python. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm <laughs> sure it was a blast. I'm sure all, your, all your friends loved you and took your picture, but I ain't doing that shit, dude. Uh, 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 Kova from Scenic Cast. He's not mm-hmm. a fan of snakes either, and so I always love sending him pictures of snakes when I find him in the wild. He's always like, "Nope, stop sending no. me this shit." <laughs> nope. I just I don't man I don't know what it is about snakes like maybe because it's like the devil or something I don't fucking know I'm not a religious guy but well it could I, be they have an unnatural form of movement you know it's it's so much yeah. different than than anything else it is because I think that's one of the things about spiders that freak me out is mm-hmm. I don't like the way they move I don't like how they can practically go at top speed in almost any direction and some of the little fuckers jump. Yeah, the jumping ones are cool. Not cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so, by the way, November 9th, 1996 was Tyson versus uh, Holyfield. God, what fight was it then? Because this wasn't in 96. Mm. Well, maybe, I mean, did they fight more than once? I could have swore it was the nighty bit as oh, fucking here. But, you know, memory's well, no, weird like, like there's that. A number, there's a number two. Hold on. That must have been the first fight. We need the ear bite fight. When did Tyson bite off Holyfield's ear? I guess I could just look that up. I'm just looking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's probably come up pretty pretty easy. Oh, yeah, because it looks like they had three fights. I'd imagine this was the last one. <laughs> yeah. So this, no, because this one says the Vanderhoof versus Mike Tyson 2, June 28, 1997. No, because that would have only been 16. Mike Tyson bites Holyfield's ear clean off. I don't know about clean off. It was just no, a chunk. No, it was just a chunk. Yeah. I was old enough to buy beer was... at the time because I had a friend that was two years younger than me that looked shockingly similar to me. And I'd given him my ID because I was too lazy to leave the quarry and go buy beer. And so I just gave my ID to Mike and I said, you go buy it. <laughs> and then when he got back, he was like, can I buy your ID from you? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> he was so happy at work. Huh? He was so he's like, they didn't even they didn't even question it. He's like, I memorized all your data and everything on it. And I'm like, that doesn't make me feel secure. <laughs> <laughs> like, even credit in the early 2000s, like I, I knew that's not a good thing. <laughs> I don't think I want a document floating around out there that has my actual social security number on it. Yeah, this was it. June 28, 1997. Well, it had to have been a different fight then. Yeah, I had just graduated high school. That's funny. That's funny how memory works like that, how it can be a funny thing. That, yeah. that, that you're, you can be so sure of certain details and then it's like like this right here. It's like, no, that fight was on a different night. And it's like, well, fuck Bro, it. That couldn't have been it then. I remember me and my friends... In grade school, standing around crying hysterically because the ultimate warrior died. And then I find out like seven or eight years ago that, oh, yeah, ultimate warrior just died. And I'm like, what? No. Well, he wasn't died there two? In, uh, I don't know. Two ultimate warriors? I thought there were. I thought there was an ultimate warrior that died and then he was replaced by a different ultimate warrior. Oh, that I don't know. That would make me feel <laughs> a lot better. We need semi-dry chicken to weigh in on this. Oh, yeah? I bet he knows. Big wrestler? He he does a wrestling podcast. Oh, okay. PCW, shout out. Yeah, he died in uh, um, 2014. Yeah, wrestling's one of those things that I I was kind of into it a little bit when I was a kid, just because, like, my friends were. But I I never went to any live events, and it it never really hooked me. And then there was a big resurgence in like the like the late nineties and, and a bunch of my friends got into it again. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, I, I can't do it. You guys are doing this weird suck it thing and, and this wolf pack <laughs> shit. I don't understand what you're doing and I don't like it. Yeah, dude. I don't know anything about it. I just remember Ultimate Warrior and I remembered, you know, the you know, Hogan and all those people and just like you know, they were like, Yeah, the Undertaker. And I was like, no, I was actually even before that. The Undertaker must be like that second round. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, you, that you're referring to. Well, I think The Undertaker might have been, a, but I don't know. I've already proven that my memory is super fallible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we have evidence of it now. 
280 pounds, six foot two. Wow. That's a good, that's a solid build. That's a big dude. 180 pounds. Hmm. Great weight. I got, I don't need to be any slimmer than that. <laughs> um, my highlight for C2E2 though, mm-hmm. was I got to talk to Donnie Cates briefly. Nice. Nice. And yeah, I was so signing? happy about that. Um, no, I, when, when I first got there, I walked past his table and there wasn't that many people there. And there's a voice from the back of my mind going, do a fucking U-turn immediately mm-hmm. and go take advantage of this. Because then every other time I walked past his table, it was a line that was just gigantic. And what so I was like, well, that voice? I, I was like, well, you know, that's what you get. And then when mm-hmm. we were hanging out outside later, uh, we were sitting there and I like looked over to my left and I did a double take. And I was like, fine, Donnie Cates is standing 15 feet away from me having a cigarette. Like, he, I gotta say was, something too. Yeah, well, and and mm-hmm. I think it, it, I think it might have been Hepner. It was either Hepner or or Aaron Ramey. And they were like, just go over and talk to him. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, that would be. You have no idea how awkward that would be. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do it. And then I looked over at another point, and like the the woman he was talking to was talking to his wife and like he was kind of off to the side a little bit like he wasn't as engaged in their conversation and so i was like it's meant to be and so yeah. like i got up and You're i was actually like, saving him I, I, well, <laughs> probably not but uh w- you know just walked up and very politely was just like, excuse me mr cates and, and like thank you so much for all the amazing stories you've written like nice. you're, an, you're an incredible author and every chance i get i sing your praises on podcasts like thank you and he was super gracious and, and thanked me and shook my hand and because I wasn't even going to inconvenience him with a, a handshake, you know, with still COVID stuff going on and all that. But yeah, sure. he couldn't have been a cooler guy. And that's awesome. And you know, to actually meet one of your your heroes and your idols like that, and and to have them be a super cool person, it just made the experience that much better. Yeah, and, obviously, you know, if you meet them and 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 they're dicks, you're like, oh well, I guess that's the end of that. <laughs> Because, no. excuse me, Mr. Casey, like, can't you see him having a fucking conversation? Yeah, like, yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to go over here and die. <laughs> I'm on my fucking lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I take it you did not uh, secure one of those books for me. I did not. I, I, there was a couple times, though, that when we were walking around Artist Alley, I was pulling my phone out and I, like being like, okay, this name, this book, this name, this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but – one of the things that C2E2 didn't do this year was they didn't have their print book that has like a listing of where everybody's at. So they just expect you to download the app? Yeah. And it was like my yeah. reception in there was shit, so I couldn't download the app. And so it was like, well, I have no idea where anything is this year. It's 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 yeah, just San a Diego mystery. Comic- Let's see what we can find. <laughs> the San Diego Comic-Con app was absolute garbage. And it was just like, I you know, I don't think they spend too much money on this kind of stuff. But just like you said, give me a print handout so I can see a map and see who's here and see what times the panels are. That's all I care about. Well, and then I've always saved those because then you can flip through it later That's on true. and it's like a memento of the con. That's true. That's um, a good point. Oh, the other you thing mean, they did this year that was different was they didn't have all their big red carpets down. Dude, I was I swear to God I was going to ask you that because to me, like that was extremely unique for um for a comic show for me. Because that saved my ass. Because those carpets, that like two inch of like padding and carpet is a absolute lifesaver. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it makes a big difference from walking around on concrete versus you know carpeted concrete. It makes a difference. They they cited it for happened. environmental reasons. Oh whatever. 
But but I they didn't make the announcement until people on Friday were all like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it added a certain level of like like poshness to the show too. Yeah, I it's thought so kind of, too. It, it kind of made it look a little classier. Yeah, and it stood out from the rest of the shows. But yeah, Lot, I think I'm lots of great. Baltimore, oh, so. sorry, dude. No, that's all right. I I'm thinking I'm going to Baltimore. See if because Baltimore is another show that really does it big and and, and it's a classy situation. So oh, cool. We'll see if we'll see if they'll. Uh, They'll roll up the red carpet there in Baltimore. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I, I saw lots of great cosplay again this year. And, and you know, just hanging out with people from the Army was a real treat. I got to meet uh, Tristan Brown in person for the first time. You know, it's funny about Tristan. He messaged me. I guess Brian told him that I was going to be at C2, and he lives in San Diego. Uh-huh. And he messaged me. He's like, dude, it's like, you know, hit me up. Like, or like, let's hang out Friday night. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just let me know. And like, I didn't hear from him after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a good thing anyway. I couldn't walk at the end of every single night anyway, so it didn't really matter. But <laughs> so cool. You saw Tristan, and it was uh, was it was uh, Eric? Speaking of cosplay, was Eric there? Yeah, uh, Eric and Brandy Marable were both there. And uh, since he's still, you know, he did he moved and everything this year, so he didn't cosplay. Oh, he did this didn't. year. Yeah, um, oh, I got to meet Stephanie Chapman. Nice uh, in person for the first time. Same with Aaron Ramey. Nice. Um, Stephanie Chapman. That's that's drip drip, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like one of my favorite guests. I love it. She's like, great. Was, She's so like, much fun to talk to. And she was great to hang out with in the con. She was so fun. Really? Oh yeah. That's yeah. great. She's always like, "Hey, so Stephanie, what'd you think about this one?" She'd be like, oh, "I didn't catch this one," or or. I absolutely hated this one. <laughs> and like everybody else is sucking its dick. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't get this. This is awful. <laughs> like, yeah, but did you see the first one? Have you seen the original? He's like, no, I haven't. I didn't even know there was an original one. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, it's prey. It's a play on the words. There's predator. And then there's prey. Like there was a movie in, in the eighties called predator. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I just finished their newest episode. Um, right before we started recording. Dude, I'm way behind. I don't know why. Because um, there were so many like side ones, like San Diego News and this breakdown and that trailer breakdown and that spoiler breakdown. And I just – I kind of got lost. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, I've been listening to um, lots of lots of star casts. I think the last one I was uh, Daniel Dominguez, which I love listening to. Oh, I love Daniel. He's so fucking cool. Yeah, I've been listening to Heroes and Noise, even though they've been real quiet lately, and I don't really know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I listened to their new episode this morning. That was great. They dropped a new episode? Yeah, they, they reviewed uh, Prey, and uh, oh, they I did. think they have Nope on the same the same episode. Oh, it was, it was yeah, it was it, that's right. It was like a, a spoiler review, though, right? Yes. Yeah, see, I haven't seen either one of those movies, so I can't Oh, you haven't it. seen Prey yet? No, oh, no. damn, dude. Dude, listen, listen. This is what I'm saying. I had a chance, by the way, at San Diego to get a screening of it, and I absolutely should have gone because, it, guess what? It was in a theater. Fuck! Oh, I you know. fucked up. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I've, heard, I've heard awesome things, and the fact that I could have seen it in, like, awesome sound on the big screen. It would have been, been amazing to see it on a yeah. big theater screen, dude. Have they talked about why they didn't give this a theatrical release? I I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a mistake, right? Because it seems it, to be a huge they, hit. It, I mean, they absolutely could have, but yeah. as 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 is, it's Hulu's biggest movie that they've ever done. Yeah, so, yeah. I, just, I mean, I don't really understand. It, it might actually end up getting a, a short theatrical because I would love to see it in theater, dude. If all of a sudden they they announce that you know, hey, for like one weekend only, Prey is going to be in the theater, I'll be there. 
Really? Okay. Oh, I got it. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. Being, and watching TV, <laughs> it's just that like I, have such a limited amount of time. Yeah. No, I feel that. Anything that I watch, it pretty much has to be something that we both can watch. Me and my wife. And she just, you know, she, I just, she's not a, she's never seen Predator. She doesn't know anything about it. Even though I would imagine this is pretty well done, even if you haven't seen Predator. I mean, it's a prequel anyway, so it doesn't really matter, right? No, you don't have to have seen the first one at all. It's just a right. bonus if you've seen Predator to begin with. Right. Is there any like real big muscly like handshakes in this one or no? <laughs> no, 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 that scene's uh-huh. not there. But they uh-huh. they do repeat uh, one of the classic line of you know if it bleeds we can kill it. Nice, which is great because that's my favorite line from the original. Anyway, it, it, that is awesome. such a metal line. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Th- this movie's great though, dude. Uh, Amber Mid Thunder playing the main uh, uh-huh. character is absolutely incredible in the role she's very very convincing the that she's just this badass woman that she's dead sent on on being a hunter regardless of the fact that that's not necessarily you know her quote-unquote gender role w- mm-hmm. within their tribe that's what she wants to do and she's dead set on proving it and and they go through this right to to become a full-fledged hunter where you have to hunt something that's hunting you and of mm. course, I'm blanking now. They get they got a name for what it's called the this right that they go through, um, uh-huh. but uh, th- so basically, hers ends up being the predator. The thing that she has to hunt that is hunting her is a predator. Just yeah. like by it's chance, or like she chose that, or by or what? chance because she's out on like a regular hunt and she finds tracks that she's like, this is way bigger than a bear, mm-hmm. and you know, I f- I found you know, this dead thing and this other dead thing. And then eventually she goes out on her own when, when her brother and the other hunters kind of dismiss her. And then she, something happens and, and, and she decides to then set out on her own to go find this thing and prove its existence. And mm-hmm. man, when, <laughs> when, when she finds it, that, that scene is nuts. Oh man. I, heard it was I don't want to spoil stuff too. in it. I, I just, I, I would highly encourage people to wear, just go see this movie. If you have Hulu and you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out. If you don't have Hulu, maybe strongly consider doing that, you know, free trial or whatever you can get to mm-hmm. to at least feel it out and see what you think of the service. But just, just check this movie out. It's so good. Especially it's, it's if you liked like... the original Predator. Oh, sure. This is it's <clears throat> it's right up there with it. It's it's a very, very I mean, good story that can stand on that. That's, that's what I keep hearing. It is a bold statement. And yeah. but the the actor who plays her brother is incredible as well. Uh, she's got this really highly trained dog that she's trained to hunt with her. That is, I mean, aside from being totally adorable, but it's like the type of dog where you're like, I want that fucking dog. <laughs> 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 that dog is so smart. <laughs> Dude, I gotta see it. I, it sounded like you were about to say like wear headphones, or maybe I, I heard that wrong. Yeah, you said something about like I highly like encourage you to. It sounded like you were gonna say wear. Uh, I thought you meant oh, you recommend like watching this while wearing headphones. Oh. <laughs> I, no, I, no, not not necessarily. But <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man. Like sometimes, like like my wife will have to study, and I'll just be able to sneak away and watch like an episode of like Star Trek or Strange New Worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I put headphones on. I'm like, man, I'm like I should do this more often. Like the sound is incredible. Oh, I love doing that with scary movies. I'll watch yeah. them on my my. I have a Kindle with a ten inch screen, mm-hmm. and I'll connect my Beats to it, 
And it's a it's a pretty good immersive way to watch a scary movie. Definitely. Well, that's what I was thinking about with this one. Like when you when I thought you were about to say that, I was like, oh, I never thought about that. Like, kind of like in the woods in this like thriller type atmosphere, probably some intense music would probably be awesome with some headphones. Yeah, I mean that is how I watched Prey. I did watch it with headphones because I watched it on my Kindle. The whole time I was like, I wish I were seeing this in the theater. Yeah. Maybe if I put my Kindle close enough to my face, I can trick myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they used to do like the VR, like you just take your phone and just put it on one of those things that are like three inches from your eyes, (laughs) and like that's VR. (laughs) Every time I looked at it, I'm like, that's got to be absolute bullshit. There's no way that 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 actually works. Yeah, no, Oculus is cool though. I enjoy that. I've never tried one of those, like the the actual ones that are you yeah. know meant to do that. I've I've I never tried it. one. I don't think I get my money's worth out of it, but I do I do enjoy you know the occasional Beat Saber or because uh, they got all these like scary like YouTube videos too, and like you know it's pretty fucking terrifying because you know you're surrounded by you're just like in the woods and you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? There's like shit crawling around. You're like, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I should utilize it more, but I, I recommend that if you've got um, a birthday or something coming up and you can't think of something, just be like, Hey, give me, give me an Oculus or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It sounds intense. <clears throat> it is. It's good. It's good. And that, that beat saber game. I know that's pretty much what everybody plays and it's fun. I'll break a sweat on there. Like, you know, and it's, you know, you're holding basically two lightsabers and you're like, slicing these these boxes that you know tell you which which direction to slice it in and you know and it's all to like the beat of this music and it's 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 intense it's fun imagine imagine how many people have got caught jerking off to oculus porn you know it's so funny because every time i bring it up everybody's like yeah i'm pretty sure that that's what you got it for and i was like (laughs) i swear to god like i've never thought about that (laughs) like it that just seems really like bulky and awkward well that's got to you know? be like one of the the rare times that you can get caught jerking off right you just you keep no going because you have no idea you've been yeah. caught <laughs> yeah that alone would discourage me from even trying <laughs> the thought of it's so funny plus like is <laughs> oculus porn like readily available like every other like porn where you just go into a search browser and type whatever the hell you want and it just pops up like how do you look for Oculus porn? I have and, no idea. Yeah, just well, if you find out, can you text me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> email email the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starcastpod at gmail dot com. Let me t- <laughs> tell us about your Oculus porn. <laughs> On the smorgasbord, I, you know, we have this you know contact us section, and like I hate it because like nobody's ever written in ever, and it. Actually, there was one person that wrote, and it wasn't even a person like from the army that that I knew. Like, it, I, you know, but it's like it just reminds me that that I'm speaking to the void. But I mean, shit, we, we've put out like 50 episodes, so I mean, we're still doing it, you know. Yeah, I I get almost zero emails either, but also that's the first time I've mentioned the show's email address in probably like a hundred episodes. So. <laughs> But I, I'm pretty sure it's in the show notes for every episode, but who knows how many people even read show notes. Yeah, but so what's the email address? Starkcastpod at gmail.com. 
Nice. So we can write in with any kind of questions or suggestions or anything. What, whatever you got, people. You write it in. I'll read it on the air unless it's hate speech or some shit. Okay, so no matter what <laughs> anybody writes in, unless it's hate speech, you're going to read it out loud on air? I, I might. You never know. No, no. You gotta, <laughs> you're you a very literal it. person. I, I have a giant poster of John Ritter's balls because of you. <laughs> D- dude. <laughs> Did that ever come? Did you tell Brian you had that? Oh, yeah. As soon as I got it, I sent a picture to their group chat. Oh, my God. And I was like, look what's... I'm like, I'm pretty sure this came from Stephen Farshid because the other day he randomly asked for my address. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you guys always talk about shit on on there and it's like, yeah, I should do that, huh? And, you you know, you move on. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We can... It's $15. I can go on this poster freaking website pay $15 and send a picture of John Ritter's balls to my friend Joe like that's thoughtful <laughs> when I actually saw the picture I'm like yeah that's actually worse than I thought it was gonna be <laughs> you know blown like up it, that big it's pretty grainy so you, you really don't see much of his nuts but you definitely know they're there but exactly you know that there's enough of it to know that they're there <laughs> for sure and did I tell you that I don't know if I told you this part. They wrote me back and they asked me for a better image, like in a like a um, what do you call that, like vortex file like a, or whatever, like a, a higher, a higher, yeah, high resolution, higher resolution up. image. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is looks a little grainy, blown up. I'm like, dude, it's perfectly fine, grainy, please. Like nobody <laughs> needs John Ritter's nuts in like 4K. Like it's it's it's, it's totally fine, pixelated. <laughs> Can see but, indivi- each individual hair, vein, and wrinkle. Just the follicle, <laughs> the whole follicle is just right there. But um, so you you didn't ever put it up, did you? It's been my intention to hang it in my garage. I just <laughs> don't have any wall space in there. Is the problem? Like every bit of wall in my garage, like the whole back wall is all climbing wall, so it won't go anywhere there. Uh-huh. And then pretty much the whole front is garage door, and then the sides are like covered either with like you know shelving with shit on them, or there's stuff in front of the walls. Have you ever thought about your living room? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my wife would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. take down all these pictures of the kids and instead put up this giant picture of Jack Tripper. I mean, it's priorities. <laughs> a company. I mean, mem- you know, you got you got to keep the me- his memory alive. Oh boy! <laughs> I yeah, remember I mean, when he died. That was super sad because yeah. he was. That was when they were doing the show Eight Simple Rules. Yep. And and I remember that was one that Lindsay and I used to watch. That was back mm-hmm. in our two two seven and nine days when we before we had cable or anything like that. Two seven and nine. Nice. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" But now I get it. <laughs> there's probably a 63 in there too don't you know don't forget about that it wasn't in english but it was there yeah we never watched those other ones yeah <laughs> like, Dude, meanwhile, i don't know what was going on with the other channels but i didn't watch them it's funny thing is that now you buy like one of these smart tvs i bought a samsung smart tv for the for the uh for the bedroom i used to use some other crappy flat screen and i had like a um apple tv hooked up to it whatever i was like oh, i'm tired of two remotes like let's just get a, a smart tv and put it in there Bro, as soon as you turn it on, you've got like a thousand channels. They're like these internet channels. They just—they're free. They just come with the TV. Yeah, the digital uh, over-the-air channels. No, the no, 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 no. It's not over the air. It's just like, just like the one we watch almost exclusively because it's in the bedroom. We watch it when we go to bed. Is Bon Appetit channel, and it's actually a really good channel. It's just. 
they have it's called the test kitchen and they're, they're just in there like making shit and just talking shit but dude there's just free internet channels there's like a thousand of them really yeah they have advertising I, and shit like like for like the bon appetit one like sometimes the commercials will come on but a lot of times it'll say we'll be right back and it'll just play like some video in the background of somebody making some like scallops or pea pesto or some bullshit so that's like where a commercial would be if either either this was a cable show or they ended up getting bigger at some point and like adding advertisement to all their things but dude no it's there is there's there was tons of programming on there and it's all just just because if you have an internet uh cable and a samsung tv it just comes with all these all these free tv channels wild it's like 10 cooking channels exclusively <laughs> just cooking yeah we don't go much far but there's like you know like all that like pluto tv and all that's all on there pluto's got a bunch of good stuff on it yeah exactly dude they're and, and they're like specialized too it's like specifically like oh you like you know bass fishing well there's a here's a bass fishing channel like it's it's wild, dude. Bass I didn't know masters. that was a thing. It's a fishing no. show. Yeah, right. I know Bassmasters. That's <laughs> <laughs> like an ass master. I thought we were going back to Oculus porn again. <laughs> That's dialogue from Ghostbusters 2 that hasn't left my head since like the late eighties, oh. early nineties. <laughs> Every single time I bring up Ghostbusters 2, people just fucking <laughs> yell at me i liked it yeah. i didn't i don't care obviously not as good as the first one i still See, enjoyed the second one when i was a you kid. say obviously and i and i disagree with you the second one is so much more fun than the first one <laughs> it is i'm sorry i don't care i prefer it's ridiculous it's so good it's ridiculous good dude vigo the impaler or whatever the hell Dude, that's a it's great Vigo, villain. The Scourge of Carpathia. <laughs> it's Vigo. <laughs> it's Vigo, the Scourge of Carpathia. Dude, I love that. Dude, they put the goo in the Statue of Liberty and walked that bitch down, down <laughs> Fifth Avenue or whatever. Your love. Like, yeah, man. You, you guys can make fun of me all you want, but if you think about like, like one and two – you're gonna. There's more like chuckle moments in two that like are fun to like make fun of and talk about than there are one. One is a great movie. I'm, I'm not saying there's not, but it's way more dark and serious. Yeah. But two is just <laughs> fun, man. <laughs> it's been a very long time since I've seen the second one. I've rewatched the the first one a couple times though. Yeah. In and in fairly me, recent history, when you watch the second one again, you're gonna be like, yeah, Stephen Stephen's right. This is way better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit! So, what all did you end up doing at, at San Diego Comic Con then? Uh, like, so I've heard that. Um, real quick, uh, I was talking to Tristan at C two E two, and he was saying that San Diego Comic Con. It's like if you bought a ticket the year before, then you have priority to get a ticket to the next year, and so it makes it really hard for people that aren't repeat con goers to get in. Yeah, everybody who bought one in twenty twenty, and then in twenty twenty one. I don't even know if they went on sale again in 2021, but anybody who had bought one had um, their first priority to get one. And then worst part is 30% of those tickets, they they didn't even like re-release. So let's say you had a list of like 100,000 people. I don't know. That's probably a crazy number. But you have a list of 50,000 people and all 50,000 people paid in advance. They only – they gave everybody a chance to buy and, and, and only 30 – 
30, like 70% rebought and rescheduled. The other 30%, they did not re-release to the public. So I guess they wanted a crowd control kind of thing. It was sparse. This is my first time, but I was there obviously with tons of veterans. And they said, right, like they they would just point to a section. They said, right here, you would, you would just be elbow to elbow right here like this is and it was just it was plenty of room to walk around plenty there was no crowds the only time there was crowds was like funko town or whatever where they're doing these exclusives and stuff like there'll be people like waiting in line and stuff and here's the thing so this is what i didn't really realize i'm thankful for it but i didn't realize is that the comics were, were pretty limited and they were all in one spot which like I said, I was thankful for, but what it did was it limited me from like going out and checking other stuff out because a, I wanted to talk about this too. It's like, I don't know what's changed since the pandemic. I guess maybe like, you know, a little bit of weight gain, a little bit of, you know, being lazy or whatever, but like I'm white at these shows now and it's like, I'm going with all my heart and I'm ready to go. I'm super stoked. I'm flying. Did I get off the plane in San Diego on a Thursday, I walk off. It's 72 and breezy, like low humidity. I mean, it was paradise weather. And I'm just like feeling just great. And I'm like, can't wait. I'm super excited about San Diego. And then like literally take the shuttle, walk to the entrance, finally find the comic books. And I'm like, man, I guess I'm just going to stick here, man, because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I, I did do a couple of laps, but like I had this whole plan. Like I had these lists of exclusives that I was going to go wait in line for and everything. And literally nothing on the sheet I did. Not one thing. Because every single time, like I even said, okay, I'm gonna venture out to see what things are. By the time I got there, they were either sold out or the line was I mean, there are people standing in line, Joe. There's like these little experiences, you know, they're from like companies like Paramount Plus was there, you know, and they had this big setup. And like Apparently, you can go in here and you can look at this big screen. There's like a gun you could fire and that and like that's it. Like that's it. And there are people waiting two and a half hours in line to do this. Wow. And I'm thinking how – you probably only had the day, the single day here or maybe two days here. You're spending like a solid 20% of your day at the con waiting in this line to shoot this little gun at this this green screen or whatever. Like, why, why are you doing this? It just seemed like people were in line just to like, oh, there's a line. I got to get in it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that's not for, that's not me at my age. I mean, I'll be 44 this year. And I just realized that like the, like I think C2E2 2020 was the last time that I went where like, I, I, I just like, I, I, I can't there's not enough time in the day. Like I, I got to go do Cause I mean, I went to like four or five panels while I was there. I, I walked the floor laps several times. I saw you, I saw met up with you guys a lot and you know, and shot, hit every booth dug in dollar bins and stuff. Now uh, I walk by, I look at the wall. I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything I really want. I'll move on. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired. I'm, I'm kind of done with this. And I was just like, my mind was blown about like how quickly I felt that at San Diego. Um, and it didn't help. It did help, but it didn't help that I was, my buddy's booth had a chair for me and carpeting and bottles of water and snacks. So it was like, it was real nice, you know? So I would just make my way there eventually. And then I would just, yeah, let me take a rest. I could take my shoes off 
take literally take my shoes off and just sit sit back there and hang out. You have to get up every once in a while when somebody had a question about a book and I had to show them a book or everything. But I'm sitting there in my socks, you know, <laughs> hanging out on this carpet. And like I kept thinking, I just nothing out there is worth me putting my shoes back on and leaving this spot. And it was so discouraging because I'm like, man, am I really that old and out of shape now that I, I can't do that? But <laughs> I just, I'm not, I realized that I don't really need the exclusive Funko pop. And the only reason I would ever get it was to, to resell it. You know, I know people that go and get exclusives and it's good because what they do is they end up getting these exclusives and they sell them and it basically pays for the entire trip for them. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, I mean they were, they were selling the, the the some of those books that were going you know you pay fifteen bucks. I don't know if you remember, but in twenty twenty the the Wolverine number one was out with that yellow cover from John Tyler Christ, uh, Christopher, and they were selling them for twenty five dollars a pop. And when I got home, I grabbed like ten of them. When I got home, I was selling them for eighty. So I was able to recoup a lot of my hotel expenses and stuff from doing that. And that's really smart, but I I just – nothing was – I would have paid money to not wait in that line. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. You know, people were like camp outside of Best Buy like Thanksgiving night or even the day before Thanksgiving somehow. And they spend <laughs> a day and a half out there in tents so they can get a $300 TV. Like I'm easily paying the $800. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody walked up and said, hey, if you don't you don't have to wait in this line right now if you give me – $500. Give me $500 right now, and you don't have to wait in this line. You can go home and be with your family right now. I'd be like, here you go. Here's $500. So that's basically the same thing as me paying $800 for that same that TV the next day or two days later or day before or whatever. Yeah. How much is your time worth? Is, yeah, is it exactly. worth getting risking getting trampled for a, a flat screen? Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here. It's not. It's it's not. And even like the like like I said, you're saving two or three hundred dollars, which maybe I'm coming from a place of privilege here, and I'm, I was like, well, I can afford that, you know. And, and it's different if if you can't, I guess. But I just I can't. It, nothing is worth that much to me. And 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 waiting in these long lines, it just it just wasn't worth it for me, you know. But I did it. I checked it off the list. There were some good books there, but I like. Shows that are closer to me, like Heroes Con and Charlotte, you know, like that show is is better for comic books. You know, 80% of the vendors there are selling comic books, where I suppose maybe 10% of the people at San Diego Comic Con had comics. Oh, yeah. You that know what I mean? Sense. Yeah. And and that's great. I mean, I'm not knocking it. Like, it, I love when pop culture evolves. And if we were just doing, well, I, I just wish this was all comics. Well, there wouldn't be that many shows. Well, you know, in San Diego Comic Con wouldn't be the huge thing it is if it was primarily comics. A lot no, of the giant absolutely. news that comes out of there is is movies. Yep, movies and, yep. and stuff like that. I mean, that's I what like the Hall H stuff. Like Marvel dominated this year, so the big some of the biggest news out of it was was Marvel news this year. So let's so let's talk about Hall H real quick. And when I got really heavy back into comics, I've been comics since I was a kid, but heavy into like speculation and waiting to hear like the news drop or who's going to show up and like grabbing books before everybody else did and you know, whatever was, was 2018. So Hall H 2019 was the last time, you know, we had San Diego comic con. Um, 
And they busted out that news. And I remember the feeling of like, oh, my God, this is amazing. What's WandaVision? I got to look up what what a dumb name. Like I want to know what this is. So it's obviously about Scarlet Witch. Let me read all about it. And I spent just days, weeks researching, going down rabbit holes. Like what could this show be about? You know, and I just was going and digging and I was making guesses and I was having a blast with it. And then, they, you know, I mean they announced all kinds of shit in 2019. And none of this stuff is something that I I, I was even – didn't know existed or didn't really care about until all of a sudden it became a thing. Then I'm reading the news as I was there coming out of Hall H and every single bit of information was something that I already knew. And I just like, it really like made me sad, man. Cause I, I, I realized that we'll never be able to go back in time. We'll never go back in time where there isn't tons of leakers and tons of people watching this stuff and, I mean, like I said, there's not one thing that came out of there. Like seeing that trailer, that Wakanda Forever trailer, which I needed very badly as a palate cleanser after Thor Love and Thunder. I needed that serious tone that something to be excited about. And I absolutely loved the trailer and I was excited to watch it. But Submariner being in there wasn't news to me. You know, Secret Wars wasn't a news. You've been listening to Brian talk about it's probably going to be Secret Wars for for a year plus now (laughs) right you see what i'm saying so none of this was a surprise like maybe the order of which it was in or or splitting up the next avengers movie and calling one kang dynasty and one secret wars well once again talking about brian brian has been talking about the secret wars is most likely going to be the villain of secret wars is most likely going to be kang not dr doom he's been he's been saying that so and, and that's just that's that's just one source that I get this stuff from. And just I like I like to listen to podcasts and I like to watch videos, but like I feel like there's no surprises left. You know, like eventually they're gonna they're gonna announce X Men, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna be a surprise because <laughs> occupational we, you know, hazard, dude. You know, yeah, I guess I guess, but the spec game is dead. Is dead is dead anyway. There's no more money to be made in that. That's over, which is another sad thing because I. Forget about the money. I enjoyed chasing it and trying to get out there ahead of everybody and 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 being able to upgrade my personal collection through this other stuff. And that's gone now. Now every the game has completely shifted to golden age books and 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 in general scarcity. Like if something is is has a low census number of 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 graded books out there like that's something that's coveted now you know i guess people got fatigue you know there's only so many amazing spider-man 129s or giant size x-men number ones you can see first punisher and and all that on amazing uh amazing spider-man 129 there's only so many times you can see that book and still get excited about it (laughs) sure you know and, and and during the pandemic and everybody was doing live sales and doing all, and buying stuff from home and just like glued to, to Instagram or eBay or whatever and just buying up stuff because they were they were chasing that dopamine. You know, they were chasing that 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 nostalgia and then the things that made them happy when they were kids during these weird times. And now it's just like completely like people just have fatigue about it. And and, and you can see the fatigue in, in, in the ratings or the discussions of these Marvel shows and, and, and movies in general. And, you know, like I said, it sucks because – I mean I have to pivot and I, and I have pivoted and I'm going to continue to do this as a hobby. But I, I there's nothing more that I – like when one of the first – I think the first time we ever did a StarCast – 
just diving into like WandaVision, like what the theories of Mount Wondergore and all that stuff. And we were talking about it and like, I, I love that. And I just think that that's gone, you know, and I know it's gone as far as the resale market. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Speaking of the Marvel stuff, you said you weren't a big fan of Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I and and, and it, I mean it was a double gut punch because I Ragnarok is either one A or one B is my favorite movie in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I absolutely love Ragnarok. You can give me the same subject, the same characters, the same director, even if it's half as good, I would be like, okay, you know that was a great movie. I it just seemed like Taika didn't care like. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be as silly as I want to be. And it doesn't, I don't care about how it's received or anything. I mean, you can tell that. I mean, he, he, that's those screaming goats. Did you see it? Have you yeah. seen the movie? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, the screaming goats is like, like, like 20 times. Like they use that, that, those, those screaming goats to the point where it's like, <laughs> I know what you're doing. Like you're just you're proving the fact that you don't give a shit and you're just going to keep doing this. But at no point is this like, funny after the first time and maybe maybe the last time when they run into the planet then you hear him scream one last time <laughs> maybe maybe but man what what was that scene where jane foster is telling thor that she has cancer like she's basically telling him that she's dying and then they just cut to korg singing some bad karaoke song and then right back to the scene of – I didn't understand it. No, I'll, made, I'll give you that. It's like he intentionally sabotaged the 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 scene that's setting up the heart of his film. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That intentional to like saying, oh, oh, you want something cool and serious? Nah, I want, I'm going to make another joke here. That's there's, it's not even a joke. It wasn't. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't funny. There, it was just Cork singing bad karaoke. It's not. That's not funny. So I, I just don't. I, I don't need everything to connect to everything. I don't need all that. I don't I don't give a shit. I love standalone stuff. But as much as everybody shits, every time I listen to somebody shitting all over Eternals, you go back and you watch Eternal. I I didn't I didn't understand the hate. I didn't. It was an entertaining movie. It really was. And and the acting, those actors put Robert Downey Jr., uh, Hemsworth, uh, Chris uh, Evans, puts them to shame the level of acting that those 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 actors put on that performance in, in, in Eternals they were real true actors like putting on a dramatic performance and that was a solid movie Thor Love and Thunder is a total piece of shit and no <laughs> and nobody is really really saying that nobody's saying that There's, I had a lot of fun with it I I know I heard your review um so I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I didn't have near as much fun with Eternals. I, I will give it to you that Eternals is like much more of like a film, mm-hmm. and but I I will also readily agree that Thor: Love and Thunder could have been a way better movie. I think he totally botched the Gore the God Butcher storyline. I really don't think, in retrospect, that Taika should have been the 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 director to tackle that storyline. Dude, if you take those gore scenes out and you watch them individually without all the other bullshit context, they're good. Yeah, his it just acting, wasn't a good adaptation. 
his acting is yeah I, I i honestly to be totally truthful i have not read the jason aaron run so i cannot speak on how gore compares to because the way he acted or, or the storylines or the plots from the jason aaron run but i will tell you that christian bale's performance of the character was masterful oh I, yeah I, i'll I, give I, you I that too that, yeah and 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 here's and and i just don't understand what when, when i remember the first preview that you see where you actually see gore. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, man, this is kind of odd. Like, I think they just cut this, this preview wrong because it looked like they were trying to make gore scary and serious, but it's like, and it instantly cuts to them, like doing some slapstick comedy right before that scene. And right after that scene. And I remember thinking, man, somebody didn't understand the assignment and kind of cut this film, this, this, this trailer wrong. And then I realized, oh, no, 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 that was the film. That was exactly what happened in the film. There was this strangely dramatic performance that could have been scary. Now, now putting him like around children, having children in a cage and like doing story time with the kids. Yeah, that's not that's not scary at all. But like the aesthetics, the way Christian built it, dude, that beat that whole beginning scene where he loses his daughter and then he goes up against that God and the God is like throwing shit at him and stuff. Like I'm just like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I love what this is, what this is setting up. Like this guy just completely lost his religion and it's all been shattered. And then it just went nowhere. I love the way eternity looked. Um, I'm kind of all in on eternity because uh, I, I, like three years ago, somebody told me that that he was going to be around, so I kind of went nuts on this stuff. And I loved the way he looked, but I didn't really understand too much of the point of him being included in this movie. Yeah, I agree. But it looked great visually. It was awesome with the with the you know the way he looks in the comics. It's it very comic accurate. It's just the galaxies and the stars and, and just an outline in black. Fantastic aesthetics, but I, I just I don't see any future for i don't see building anything off of a character that's very important in the cosmic world and we know they're going a cosmic direction we definitely know that with guardians and with the marvels um coming out but i don't i don't see how eternities you know fits into any of that i don't know i did not enjoy the movie i didn't and and it, it really hurt for me to say that because I, I i wanted it so much to have that experience that i had when i first watched ragnarok I thought the music was poor too, and that was the part that shocked me. Oh, I loved all the Guns and Roses in it. I thought that was a lot of fun. I just, I just feel like it was like, just like kind of like three or four songs from Guns and Roses. I just kind of felt like that was it. I, I was, I was really surprised that it wasn't more. I, I know James Gunn is more like the soundtrack guy as far as how what I like. I mean, Rubber Band Man is something that I had never gave a shit about a song called the rubber band man. Like I've heard it before and I was like, yeah, whatever. But now when the rubber band comes, man comes on, like I'm jamming to that song now. And that's because of James Gunn. So I, I'm really hope. I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm scared, Joe. I am. I'm actually scared. Uh, I, I, I think the fatigue is, is setting in. And I think, uh, I think that when we get subpar stuff, it, it's – I don't know. Wakanda Forever looks great, so hopefully that's a home run. And I love Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I loved Multiverse of Madness too. What what do you think of what you've seen 
so far of She-Hulk, and then with these new reviews that have been dropping the last couple days, saying that this is Marvel doing something they haven't done before. They're full on leaning into like a, a sitcom type show, and it's uh, self-referential with her doing fourth wall breaks and everything. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of, of that? So there hasn't been a show or a movie that has come out like that was is coming out that I haven't been super hyped for. I'm just that guy. Like I'm in this world. I, I'm I, every single thing. Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. I'm, I'm never the guy that goes on there like, what the fuck is Miss Marvel? Why do we need this character? Who even knows who this is? I'm not that guy. I'm like, let's go. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me all the content. Um, the I'm I was all about it when I heard about attorney at law and it was just going to be like the sitcom style because i love the john byrne stuff i've I've read every issue of the john byrne run um i love the fact that howard the duck was and i really truly thought howard duck was going to show up in this series because they are they share an office he's he's a private investigator and she's an attorney so (laughs) it's it's hilarious and they've hinted at howard duck like three times in the mcu i mean they they showed him yeah and you know the collector's thing he was at the fight at the end game so i thought they were going to bring him in they still might but like i said i pretty much already hear about every single thing that's happening before it even happens. So I don't expect their surprises. However, I am excited for a She-Hawk. The only problem is, is that I definitely need a serious palate cleanse after Thor. And I don't mean like, like, Oh, like, like a serious, I mean like I need something serious. I need something dramatic. Okay. And, and I know the very next thing that I see now is not going to be that it's going to be She-Hawk and that's not going to be dramatic. It's going to be goofy. I mean, Hulk is goofy. Like Bruce Banner? Yeah, especially the like, MCU version of him. That's what I'm saying. Like he's goofy in, in the MCU and and I can imagine it's just gonna be goofy antic after go- goofy antics. But you know, Daredevil be, being in it and being in his yellow costume. I actually heard that it someone there was a theory that it wasn't actually Daredevil. There's actually a character that dresses like Daredevil. I forget his name. Huh. And you know, that was his point. He was trying to like pretend to be, but then he ended up being his own thing. So that would be funny if that actually came true because everybody's so certain that he's in this. But I, I would imagine it, it, it is him. It's the fact that that, that costume, that, that costume choice specifically is the costume that that fake Daredevil guy does wear. The yellow with the red. Okay. Yeah, strange. But I, I doubt that, that, that they would go that route. It's it's. Daredevil's too much of a sensitive topic right now. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? <laughs> Seeing him in, in um, No Way Home and then knowing that uh, – but I also am hearing that Punisher, John Berthold, is definitely going to be part of um, the Daredevil series. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it all. How, how much will it's... it be nerfed down? Um, talking about all this She-Hulk stuff, I should probably mention that we are recording this on Wednesday the 17th. And by the time this releases, it'll be releasing on Saturday when She-Hulk is already out. That's why we're talking about it. Oh, is it, it dropping it, tonight? It's dropping tomorrow. It's dropping oh, okay. Thursday, the the 18th. So it Which will I have been out for a couple days by the time mm-hmm. people are listening to this. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for it. I'm going to absolutely going to watch it. But I mean, once again, to, to, to contrast it the way I used to be, you know, I mean, I was getting up at 3 a.m. to watch WandaVision. <laughs> I've never done that shit. I've never gotten up and okay. watched it like as soon as it because for me I think it drops at like two in the morning and right. I'm like no fuck that I have to I have to I have to work in the morning. Yeah, I, I would get up. I would get up because I work at 
I work at I have to be at work at five thirty or six sometimes. So I would just get up earlier and, and watch it an hour before I go to work. And I, I mean, watching WandaVision was one of my favorite television watching experiences I've ever had. Just the week to week speculating, what does this mean? What is that? Because you remember back then it was our very first show that we had, and it was the first thing we'd seen in like a yeah. year and a half or two years. And oh, and the speculation know, was wild, and it was great though. We were all reaching fun. for the stars. <laughs> we were breaking down like the things that were in the opening credits. You know the, what, what I'm saying? What like, the commercials meant? Yeah, how, and like, how, how every little red thing and, we saw had to have been Mephisto. <laughs> I mean, geez, that was. I, but that was fun. And I, I, that's all gone. Yeah. There's, and I think it's also gone because, you know, they quote unquote burned us too many times. They, they, there was, there's too many red herrings. It was fun at first, but when you, you, you end up giving us Ralph Boner instead of quick, Quicksilver, <laughs> it's a kind of a spit. I, I don't personally give a shit, but it's, I can see how it's kind of a spit in the face to people that were like hoping for something or waiting for something. And then we did it all again with Falcon and the Wonder Soldier. Like, What's this? And then Sharon Carter ends up being the power broker. And For spoiler. sure, she's a scroll, right? I mean, there's no other way to really because <laughs> there's no other way they, to explain that shift. Well, there's, there's no other reason for me to give a shit about it unless she's a scroll. You know what I'm trying to I, say? No, I'd go. I, I I agree with you on that too. Like we watch it and it happened. Like even as it was happening, I don't know why. For the life of me, I can't think of why I didn't think she was a scroll because I think we are at that point. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't know Secret Invasion was a show or was going to be a show. But I mean, now that's too obvious to me because no way they went through all that and just made Sharon Carter their power broker. And it was supposed to be like, whoa, what? Because it wasn't. If it landed flat as shit, and and the only way to retroactively see, oh, okay, is the fact that she's a scroll. That's the only way there was, there's only, there was the only, that's the only way that it makes any sense at this point. Well, yeah, otherwise it's, it's too big of a shift in, in her character without giving us those details. It's like, this is, this is Peggy Carter's niece. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand that in the, in the story, yeah, she got fucked over by the government, but it's, I don't know, that seems like too big of a reach to have it not be that she was replaced by a scroll. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the next series we see, we're like, oh, who's this going to be, and who's that going to be, and it just it always ends up being like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I think they play with us too much, and, and now they're paying the price on it. But I think that you know, because even remember when Kevin Feige said that Moon Knight's going to be violent, and we're, there's no yeah. holding back. Oh, and, I remember. <laughs> and there was nothing there. There was nothing. There wasn't. There, there was. Uh, Shang Chi had had way more violent fight scenes in it than than Moon Knight did. Moon Knight showed yeah. the aftermath of very violent fight yeah. scenes, but it didn't actually show over any and of those over scenes. and over again. Dude, and, and I just rewatched the raid yesterday after work too. So it's I've like never I've never seen got, it. <gasps> how oh, how are you watching it? It's on. Do you have access to HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. The raid and the raid two are both on there. Enjoy, and my what's friend. It called it's not called the raid. Right? It's, it's called, called the, the raid something. The something. raid redemption. See, because I, I remember finding that, and I'm like, oh, well, that's clearly the second one. It's called Redemption, <laughs> yeah, so I can't watch that one. I gotta yeah. find the first one. It's people being lazy with the, the naming, me me included there. <laughs> but yeah, it's called The Raid Redemption. Okay. And well, it's, it's also bad titling if it's the first one. It's called Redemption. I'm like, come on. Like, what, are you rede- <laughs> what are you redeeming? There hasn't even been. This is the first one. <laughs> well, when it was originally released, it was an Indonesian film. Nice. And, and uh, is this subtitles? The the version I watched 
uh, had the English dub. Okay, and, and that's was, not sacrilegious? Well, it was the first time I'd ever watched it with the English dub. Every other time I've watched it was was with subtitles in the original Indonesian. And it was kind of interesting with with the the dub. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as, as bad in, as some I've heard. So interesting as in I definitely should read sub. If you don't mind subtitles, watch it with subs. I'm just borderline illiterate, man. And if, I, I feel like then, I have then to watch read... it with then watch it with the English okay. dub. No no okay. the, the the dialogue and the the dialogue isn't what this movie's about. This movie is all about the fight scenes, and you'll understand okay. that when you watch them because the fight scenes get like they get the treatment. They go on for their their long fight scenes. They're insanely well choreographed. The cinematography for the fight scenes is super tight. It's uh, well because I've it's I a did very see Gangs of London view of of the action. Because isn't Gangs of London by the same guy? Yes, and that was some. Excellent, excellent, excellent fighting scenes. Yeah, and and I haven't seen Gangs of London yet. But, oh, that's good. But I've seen the raid and the raid two more times than I can remember. Um, All right, I the, just have to get on it. The raid, the first one though, it's just these. And and this was um, I, I watched it last night because I reviewed it on the Real Zodiac with with Quentin and Bethany. And so mm-hmm. I I don't know exactly when that episode's dropping, but it should be dropping pretty soon. And um, had a great time reviewing it with them. Uh, but yeah, the raid is it's about this group of cops that get sent to this apartment building with this mission to apprehend this drug dealer that has the building under his control. And okay. and so they go in and things are going pretty well at first and then the alarm gets sounded that there's police in the building and then the building gets totally locked down and they find out that this drug dealer is very well prepared to defend this place and then suddenly mm. these elite Cops find themselves fighting for their lives just to try and get back out of this building. Mm, okay. It's incredible. Have you seen Dread with Carl Urban? Yes. It's a very similar plot to Dread, which came out like the year before. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine these movies were both in development at the same time. And it's it's odd how scripts can parallel like that. And it's not it's not the same writer or director. No, because Gareth, Gareth Evans uh wrote, directed, and edited The Raid Redemption. Okay. okay. Did it with a million dollar budget too, and the Ooh. movie does not look like it was made for. It looks like it was made for way more than a million bucks. Really? It's, so it even looks good for oh, independent Indonesian dude, film. J- just wait till you see the fight choreography in this. It's gonna fucking blow your mind. And the performers are so insanely talented. Eko Uase and mm-hmm. Yaya Ruin and and Joe Taslam. Uh, this was the the first movie that I'd ever seen them in, and they are all insanely talented. Nice. Uh, Joe Taslam is the lead in a, a movie on Netflix called The Night Comes for Us. Another very good martial arts movie. Huh. I feel like I've heard that one. It's, you guys have either called, talked about it or... Oh, yeah. We've, we've for sure hmm. talked about it. There, there's My... another one on Netflix called Triple Threat that has Eco U.A.S. Um, oh, who's the guy? It's the guy from... Um, I'm blanking now. I had his name in my mind before I started talking. <laughs> He's the nice. guy from uh, Ombak. Uh Tony Jaw. Okay, yeah. And then I can't think of I can't remember. I definitely can't remember the third person. What's the name, name of this one? Triple Threat. And it's good. That one's very good as well. Uh The um, Night Comes for Us is way better though. But The Raid I've, and The Raid 2 are both better than both of those movies if yeah, I'm giving you the hierarchy. The raid, for sure. My buddy who like is kind of like tapped in, he's he's good friends with um uh Simu Lu. 
uh, you know, Shang Chi. Oh, that's and awesome. He said, yeah, it's they're they're part of he he he's a charity. He has his charity, and uh, Simulu is a big part of it. Dominique Wilkins and all they're they're all good friends, and um, he told me that he knows that Joe Taslam has already been cast as Iron Fist. That is super exciting news. Yeah, I don't know if it's real. I don't know. I'm not here. I'm not this is not breaking news because I don't know how much I trust, you know, this guy. He's just he's he's not in the business, but he told me because he told me that one of his good good friends uh went and uh um got an audition for they had open auditions for um uh Power Man, Luke Cage. And he said that Taslam was there. I don't know. I don't know if it's how real that is, but <laughs> dude, I hope that's true. I would be so excited if they recast Danny Rad- Rand and did it, you know, as an Asian person. Yeah, it, it I, just I, make I, the character so much more palatable. But also to to real. What's that? I think that no matter what, that that's reality. No matter whether this Joe Taslam thing was real or not, that's a that that's a hundred percent a reality. If they bring Iron Fist back, Danny Rand back, it has to be. An Asian person. Well, and also after seeing Finn Jones, you know, I I don't want to talk. I mean, so many people on the internet have talked shit on Finn Jones's. I I don't want to pile on, but but in comparison to go and have and and have Joe Taslam do it, who's such an incredibly talented martial artist to begin Mm -hmm. with, it's just going to make the character that much more believable. And is it? And 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 what's what's his name again? The actor Finn. You said what's his name? Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Had no martial arts trainings before this, correct? No, and and right. that's why that that first season of Iron Fist is so. I mean, none of it's none of it's that awesome to watch. But I mean, the martial yeah. arts stuff in the first season of Iron Fist, when when you have a character whose whole gimmick is he's a mm-hmm. master of the martial arts, then why are you not casting somebody who's already very very good at it? Why yep. would you cast somebody that's then going to have to go and learn how to do all this stuff? It's like you need. Work with work with work with actors that already have these skill sets. And even if you had, you were like, okay, I want to be true to comics, and Danny Rand's white, and that's the whole backstory. Even if you had, okay, it has to be a white guy. I'm sure there's some white guys with martial arts skills, right? And put Scott Adkins in there. Yeah, I don't know these people. You're oh, obviously he's super talented. So there you go. I, I I don't know. I don't know the choice. And like you said, we're not here to pile on. Everybody's already said what they need to say about it, but. I, I, there's zero question in my mind that regardless if they're bringing back Iron Fist, it's going to be an Asian American or excuse me, an Asian actor. Yeah, I, I hope so. And well, and it would be so cool to see a, a movie somewhere in phase five where, you know, Shang-Chi and Iron Fist are teamed up together. Like that would just be so badass and have them, you know, if, if it's Simu Liu and it's, and it's Joe Taslam, that would just be dynamite on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, Simu Simu's funny because uh like I said, my friend tells me all the time, he's like he's so like vocal about you know Asian Asian Asians in, in film and all that and 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 apparently like he just challenged the studio at every turn. And I just I, which is great. But I just I just hope that they don't just get tired of him because I remember, you know, Shang-Chi 2 was announced and there was this was this spin-off show that had something to do with Shang-Chi and like I haven't heard anything about that since. So I, I still think that, Shang-Chi's the best, one of the best movies to come out of phase four. 
I agree. Except for I love Multiverse of Madness. I I I could. I watch liked it a lot too. That and I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan too. Oh God, and that was so Sam Raimi. And so I love. <laughs> it was so fun. My friend was like, "Yeah." I was like, at the end when they said Sam Raimi, I was like, "Oh, cool. I like that movie more now." I said, "How the fuck did you not see that? <laughs> mo- if you're a Sam Raimi fan, how did you not? The the final straw was those creatures that came out at the end. Like that's that. There's no more Sam Raimi than oh, that yeah, creature. The, the, the cloak of the damned that he made. That was yeah. badass. That was so bad, dude. That movie was great. I I, could, I and I know they like they killed up spoilers <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen at the Scarlet Witch at the end of that movie no way she's actually dead though I know but then what's the point dude just Comic like with books. this Kingpin shit with the fucking <laughs> oh I'm gonna kill Kingpin off screen like oh he's gonna be dead like nobody believes that so don't do it <laughs> well that was like the people who were super concerned at the end of Infinity War I, I walked out of the theater just being like yeah well, have you never read the comic you didn't. You didn't know that Thanos wins at first. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember the news stories that it was going to be Avengers three and four were going to be parts one and two of a movie, and then they came out and they're like, no, 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 it's not. But then yeah. in the end, yes, yes, it yes, was. it was. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. like, people who are like I'm so shook. I, I need time to process this Thanos one, and it's like, yeah, that's part mm-hmm. of the story. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's great, but it's but I loved it. I mean, as an experience, like I mean, oh, I yeah. knew, but like as an, I almost wish, like ignorance is bliss. I almost wish that I could have been somebody that thought that they were going to win in the end and lead the theater where Spider Man dies and like what the fuck did just happen? Like, and then watch that redemption. Like it wasn't very much long. It was only like a year later, right? Part two came out. Yeah, we didn't have to and, wait long. Yeah, and then Endgame comes out, and you're like, oh my god, it's like this ultimate redemption, and now we get to watch these shows that where there's like random like Easter eggs that says Thanos was right everywhere. And like, that's just such a great part of this. And will they ever be able to recapture that? Absolutely not. That's never happening again. That was a once in a lifetime movie event for us. Like that's it. I'd like to think that their secret wars events going to be pretty huge. And, and, and they, they know the recipe. They just got to follow it. And then what Secret Wars are they going with? I mean, they're obviously going with 2015, 2005 Secret Wars, right? I don't know the date. I I just know that the the newer one was written by Hickman. Yeah, it's going to be the Hickman one for sure, right? I I, I hear hear people talking about like the Beyonder. That's that's not – That's the version that makes more sense. Is that yeah, it, it would be the where they just version because throw a bunch of people in Battle World like nobody cares about that. <laughs> it would be neat if they figure out some sort of way to do a Battle World thing, but it's in in the fact that this series of phases we're in right now is the multiverse saga. Then it mm-hmm. makes sense they would go with the Hickman stuff because yeah. the Hickman stuff has to do with all these different uh, multiverses coming together. Well, they even said the word accursion already, and you know what I'm saying. Like, exactly. That, so they're totally the laying whole, the ground. That's the whole for. thing for Secret the Hickman Secret Wars was was the Ultimate Universe colliding with the six one six, right? Um, yeah, something like. I, there's certain Marvel books that I haven't read all the books surrounding it. I've only read like the main event stuff. And so yeah. I, I, I generally on on some of that Marvel stuff, I don't have the broadest picture of it because i've only read the main shit yeah i'm pretty sure it was it was the ultimate universe colliding with the 616 <laughs> yeah which which was the home of of you know the the 
the Fantastic Four zombies and all the, the zombies and all that. Yeah, were that's there. where Miles Morales came from. Exactly. That was where exactly. uh, the the ultimate Thor hammer actually survived that and fell mm-hmm. into the six one six, and that was yeah. where we got the unworthy Thor storyline. Yeah. See, so it just makes sense, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's kind of what I think they're going to do. I th- I think that's the direction that they're taking this. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and if you look at Feige's pullings of storylines and characters. I mean, it's it's like a fifteen year window every single time. It's like oh nine to two thousand and and like twenty or whatever. Like that's where he pulls from. Yeah, and really, if you think about it, Phase Four is doing what Phase One did. It's just that now they're doing it on such a grander scale that instead of just laying breadcrumbs for a single large storyline, they're doing multiple storylines. They're like, okay, we well, they got- have to. How we've many, got how Marvel many Horror one? over here. We've got Marvel Martial Arts Cosmic. over here. We've got Marvel Cosmic. We've got Marvel, you know, like the Winter Soldier type, like, yeah. you know, uh, grounded spy type stuff. The They've got I, all I these different threads. Yeah, the way I was explained was was there's going to be three, three parts to the next saga. It was going to be Cosmic, Street, and Horror. That's that's what I was explained, and the street is Nick Fur- Nick Fury, you know stuff, you know, and, and and spy and espionage, and then the horror stuff, which is the part that I'm looking forward to the most, you know. But um, the thing about people trying to compare Phase Four to Phase One is that how many films existed in Phase One? Well, and and that's why I Five? think there's so many more in Phase Four is because they're having to lay out all these different trails. And so it's lots of different IPs, lots of different, you know, because some of them go to this path. Some of them go to this one. Some of them go to this one. Mm -hmm. So that's why it kind of makes sense to me that there's so much. But as long as they can still keep all those plates spinning and as these next phases, you know, five and six come through, they get us more and more invested in these stories, in these characters, then when they all do crash together in Secret Wars, if we all care enough again, then we're going to have another moment like we did with Endgame. I mean, I can't believe that people are doubting that that's exactly what's going to happen. That's the, like, where I'm at too. And it's, like, like, it's like there's uh, no direction here. Like, well, no, there's there is direction. There just happens to be four of them. Yeah, it's a, that, they just finished all. the last big thing, and so now they're having to get that ball rolling again. And that's a slow, yeah, bumpy road at the beginning. And especially yeah. throwing in the Disney Plus stuff, I you know well, they're going to feel their way through it. But yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The Disney Plus stuff is the part that's really kind of like saturating the whole situation and and i i feel like that people just think that we're gonna have an end game tomorrow and it's gonna be every single one of these things are gonna tie into it and like dude some of this stuff is gonna breathe on its own like there's nothing in thor ragnarok that we'll ever see again i tend to agree with that nothing i I think we might get some if if uh um natalie portman decides that she had enough fun doing this that she'd come back and do something else. I feel like they left a door open to bring her back in. Right. But or they it, also or set it up so where she can mo- be done with it if she wants. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, I don't know. I I think that people are like so impatient and they're just, they want all, they want the answers now. And it's like, just enjoy what you're getting right here. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's funny because people like like every time you bring up the Eternals, they're like, oh, I, I don't care if I ever hear anything about the Eternals again. Here's my question. If you're going to build off something, would you like to f- 
finish and see the result of, of the things that were internals or see something get built off of, rag, uh, of, of love and thunder. And uh, I'm sorry, dude, I want to know star Fox and Pip the troll. I want to know what they're, what they're up to. Cause that, that, the fun second that we got of that, they had that, the, the character that stole a bunch of stuff. They had her sitting on, in, in a room with like Excalibur, yeah, you know, yeah. and like cool historic shit. There's a whole storyline there. You know that you can play with, and and she, um, <clears throat> they have they had this, they have celestial stuff, and they have this this floating thing of like, well, how does that affect Earth? Now, there's so many stories to to expand there, and I want to see what happens. There's literally nothing in Love and Thunder that I care that they ever talk about again, and I don't think there is even anything really laid out to talk about. It. I guess just Thor hanging out with with his daughter or Gore's daughter, I, I, yeah. Cool. More kids fighting. Uh, that's what I wanted. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give you that about Eternals for sure. <laughs> yeah. I want to see what's up with the Black Knight, man. I, well, how do we get a tease of Blade and Black Knight? And and, and now that's a forgotten movie. And, and I, I don't know. If you're going to lay some of these rings down, you better start at least. Because all I needed in, in Moon Knight is is is... is much as I wasn't really into the end product that we got, if they did a scene where the, where he walks by and Dane Whitman and Kit Harrington and 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 Blade are there or or, or something, and they're like, hey, you know, whatever, like, you know, we should talk sometime or something like that. There's no reason why to not just tie that. That I'm not saying I need the answers now, but you got to at least remind me that that shit was the thing. You know, how many people yeah. watch the Eternals more than once? <laughs> Probably not very <laughs> many. I mean, there is a contingent of fans out there that love that film. I mean, you're not alone. I thought it was great. You're I, not I, alone. I, I'm not saying I loved it, but I, I thought it was it was definitely to yeah. me head above heels above Black Widow. I I, I didn't, didn't hate it. I think I gave it either a taste <clears throat> it or a high taste it, something like if that. If you listen to the pop culture review, and I, I shouldn't say this because I know they're gonna listen to, but if you listen to everybody rating it. At the beginning, everybody's like, yeah, it's Tupperware. Oh, high taste it, high taste it. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And then Brian says, this is terrible. And then it was an hour and a half of them shitting on it. I'm like, <laughs> what happened to the other five people that just said it was a high taste it or Tupperware? What happened here? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I thought, I, I thought Angelina Jolie was fantastic. She was. I, the two leads were, were, were kind of dog shit. I'll give you that, which obviously is going to hurt the overall film when you're two leads. Icarus, I thought, was absolutely yeah, useless. They had no chemistry. And, and, I, and you know, I just – I didn't care about either one. I, every other character I loved. Yeah. When, when Icarus says, oh, you don't want to fight me to Angelina Jolie, and she goes, oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's, let's be clear. I very much want to fight you. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like she was such a badass warrior, man. I loved her character, and I love, I loved all of them, dude. I loved um, the shit with the deviants sucked. Yeah, what well, that was, that it's was. Terrible. I thought it was Ultron at first. I was like, <laughs> no, yeah. I that that movie did have bright spots in it, and it had dull spots, and um, yeah. it's definitely setting up stuff to come that I think we'll see stuff get paid off on it in the future. But I, I tend to agree with you. I, I'm more. I'm I'm being more patient with Phase Four, but I'm also the type of fan where it's like you really got to shit the bed to make me say I don't like this when it's something that I'm predisposed to like, and so I am predisposed to 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 be a little bit more lenient with MCU stuff just because I'm such a big fan. So I that is something I understand about myself. 
Yeah, <laughs> not I mean, completely I, I feel oblivious like you're, to it. You're, you're you're pretty forgiving a lot of the things that you that you review, and and there's nothing wrong with having joy in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and honestly, if you if we would have had this conversation before I saw Love and Thunder, you would hear very little complaints from me, very little. It was just something about that movie that really, really like, oh, okay, now I kind of see where everybody's talking about how they have a little fatigue about what's happening. Because there hasn't been a TV show I didn't like. I mean, Moon Knight was probably my 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 most disappointing one, but I loved Miss Marvel. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, Miss Marvel um, was a lot of fun. You know, and and even like I wasn't like I was coming off the heels of WandaVision, but like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't remember like loving. But even looking back on that show now, I'm like. I actually kind of like that fucking show. No, like, I would great. take that show right now, like that style of show right now. Like Daniel Brewer as, as Zemo was amazing. And like, I, I, I don't know. Loki was fantastic. All the shows have hit for me. Moon Knight was the only one that I thought, I, I don't really understand the choice of having him in costume for a total of 25 minutes for the entire show. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that choice. I, I, I still enjoyed it, but I agree with people's criticisms. And I oh. do agree that had they pivoted and included more action, like still kept everything they had, but just included more Moon Knight action, it would have, yeah. there's no way it wouldn't have been better. And so it's yeah. a bold, it was a bold decision, especially after Feige went out of his way to be like, yeah. this is going to be next level violent. Just you wait. Yeah. And it's like, it's it was very weird. Yeah. It was, it was I just don't weird... think he has the same control over the MCU as he did with Iger than he does with this new guy. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that could be it. I think this new guy is, 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 is having some, some more influence on what he can. Cause maybe Feige did see something we never got to see. You know, and, and, and shit changed. I don't know. Because there's no way you make that statement with what we got. Yeah. And, 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 and come out the other side looking like an asshole, which he did. He does. He did in that situation. And I just feel like he saw something a little bit different than we saw. And some last minute changes were made. Yeah. That's the only Wouldn't way that makes any sense. those fight scenes all do exist? And they uh, just – That's what I'm they saying. They just actually cut them all out and just showed us the aftermath. That would but, be almost kind of fucking think that's scandalous. What makes, don't you think that's what makes the most sense though? Well, can you imagine if that is the truth, though? And that means that there was a whole bunch of of, of performers that had to learn all that choreography mm-hmm. and then film it and then have it just end up on the cutting room floor. That's, that's I mean, think uh, about terrible. that, dude. And, like, who was cut from Love and Thunder? Um, Peter Dinklage is not a random actor. Peter Dinklage is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a, yeah, is a really Le- fantastic actor. Lena Headey, too. They completely deleted their scenes. <laughs> she got fucking sued as a result. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Wow. But yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, well, speaking of which, um, real quick, and then I'm gonna wrap it up. But I um I did catch a movie on the way to San Diego, or it was on the way back, I don't remember, that I fucking loved. And it was my first time seeing it, and it was a movie called you might not have heard of it, it was called Dune. D-U-N-E. Oh, the new one? Yeah. Nice, dude. I'm glad you liked it. Dude, I fucking loved it. It's so are, good. Are you a, are you a Dune fan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. You, I know between you and Neil, like they're probably the the, the 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 big Dune fans. I thought it was fantastic. I I thought the world building. I felt the weight. I was invested. I was like, oh, these people are getting screwed. I love the portrayal of the people. That I I I thought everything was fantastic. I was very surprised how little Batista we got because I feel like he was all over the trailer. Obviously, he's coming yeah. to play in the second half, I, I would imagine. 
Yeah, yep, he'll be in the second half. Um, because yeah. basically, you know, the Harkins are back in control of Arrakis, and mm-hmm. the Baron puts uh Beast Raban in charge of the planet and tells mm-hmm. him to squeeze it for everything. I think he even does that in in this first movie. Doesn't he Does tell? He? Him? I mean, I, I know that the invasion happens or whatever, and they just everything goes to shit. I don't remember. That scene might be in this first one. I've read the book so many times that, yeah. and seen other versions of the movie no. and stuff that and who, it all bleeds together in my head. Are you telling me the guy who told him was that that like snake creature or whatever that cocoons in the top of the room to survive? Yes. Yeah, that's that, like that's the, that's the Baron Harkonnen. And basically he's so big and fat that he has yeah. a suspensor harness that he wears that like makes him like carries some of his weight now what they did in this movie was they made it so that instead of a suspensor harness that he wears it's actually like a something that's like built into his spine that Mm. makes it so that he can float around okay yeah i thought it was i thought it was uh i thought it was great i and and i don't think uh, do we see him again after they try to poison him i don't think so that's why i was surprised you said it because i don't think we see batista again yeah, see, I, d- I don't remember, but you will get more of Baron Harkonnen again in the third act of of the next movie. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, wait, I, I can't wait, wait to everything you're gonna get in this next one. It's it's all guerrilla warfare with Paul sure. living with the Fremen and then becoming a leader among the Fremen, and then mm-hmm. in the book, it's it's much more complex, and he has to navigate his way through their you know hierarchy of power while being careful not to to have to call out Stilgar because he doesn't want to have to kill Stilgar. Mm-hmm. And and then at the same time, he has to learn how to ride a worm. And then with him getting deeper and deeper into to a spice addiction, his visions become more and more prevalent until he decides to go through... Well, I, I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't even know he's riding worms and shit. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's... It, there's still a lot of amazing story left to tell, and then the 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 battle that it, it shows us when he's having his future visions mm-hmm. and he's seeing himself in that super intense battle. Yeah, at the end, that's, that's I'm sure we're going to get that at the end of this next movie. Gotcha. gotcha. But then it's also showing further stuff beyond that, further versions in the future, where it's like it's his vision sense saying, "Hey, if you survive all this, this is what's going to happen." Mm-hmm. Like on every planet, every civilized planet in the Imperium, these Fremen are going to go there and fuck people up. So it's like, wait a minute, do I need to pull this back? Or? Well, in the book, it's very much Paul being terrified of his future because every time he sees a version of the future way in the in the future where he's still alive, he's seeing fanatical legions of Fremen tearing across the universe in a bloody jihad, waving the Atreides flag. So he might have to and make so a decision terrified at some of it. point. He's like, yeah. he's like, I want to live. I want to make the right decision, but I don't want to end up in that future. Yep. Because that future is fucking terrifying. I don't want billions of people across the galaxy killed in my name. Yeah. It's yeah, that's wild. wild and dude, and then as the wait. books go on further and further, when his son comes of age, his son is having kind of that same realization. But mm. then his son kind of has the foreknowledge of knowing, okay, my father was super afraid of this future that this is the only path that you can take to avoid all this terrible shit happening. And I'm brave enough to do it. And it ends up with his son living for like several thousand years and like 
slowly turning into a sandworm, like a hybrid between a human and a sandworm is fucking crazy. Jesus. And he becomes the <laughs> god emperor of Arrakis. And he forces forces humanity into a thousand years of no warfare. Huh. It's that, fucking this cool. Is getting, that's getting fucking wild, <laughs> dude. It's dude. this as Dune goes on, as the books go on, it gets deeper and deeper and wilder into sci-fi to the point where then thousands of years after after Leto's Golden Path, now it's like there's a thing happening as after Leto dies, there's this thing happening called the scattering where people just scatter and go all over the universe, uh-huh. and then some of these people that come back from that are like the next enemy that they end up fighting thousands of years down the line. And it's these, these women called honored matres that basically is like sexually enslave men by being so good at fucking that when they fuck them, they imprint them. So that's all those dudes want to do is just be next in line to fuck one of these honored matres again. And that's how they control populations is through sex. <laughs> Damn, they go nuts yeah, on dude, this shit, huh? Frank Herbert was flat, letting his freak flag fly <laughs> when yeah. he was writing Dune book. That'd be books, what five and six, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's Heretics of Doom and Chapter House Dune, where all that really weird, freaky sexual stuff's going on. Yeah, I don't know if the movies will get that far. We'll <laughs> get downright pornographic. We, we I'll tell you what, hope. Duncan Idaho going to be doing a lot of fucking if it does. <laughs> so, so he's coming back, huh? Well, here's the cool thing about Duncan Idaho's character is I think you'd said that on a podcast. Like he, they they yeah. have Gola, they have like clone technology, uh, and okay. so if you make a a copy of a living person, it's a clone. But if you make a copy from dead flesh, it's called a Gola. And so they make a Gola of Duncan Idaho and present him to 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 Paul in the second book, hmm. and say, okay. you know, hey, this was this was your former teacher. And Paul's like basically looking at it, saying, "Okay, I know this is a trap, but fuck, I love Duncan Idaho. I can't, I can't let this guy go." And so, it, it's a really compelling story. But then, as years and years go by, it's like there's just gola after gola after gola. It's like basically there's always a Duncan Idaho to the yeah, point I, where at one point, like thousands of years into the future, he's like freaking out on like a current Atreides hair, and he's like, "How many fucking lifetimes do I owe this family?" <laughs> It's like, when are you just going to let me be fucking dead? Dude, that sounds like something Jason Momoa would say. <laughs> He'd be able to act the shit out of it, dude. <laughs> Duncan Idaho is one of my favorite characters like dude, in science I, fiction literature. I, I, I keep dragging this on and I'm about to piss myself. But how do you feel that – how do you feel Momoa portrayed Duncan Idaho? Did it capture it? To a fucking T. Really? That's dude, awesome. Dude, Duncan Idaho's a bad – so basically he was a child – he was a little kid who grew up on Gady Prime – which was the Harkin and Homeworld, and it was fucking <laughs> terrible. And he managed to eventually stow away on a ship that made it to Caladan, the the Atreides' home planet. And so when he uh-huh. got there, he swore fealty to to the Duke Atre- Leto Atreides when Leto was just a, a kid more or less himself. Because mm-hmm. Leto's dad died fighting a bull, which that's why all that Matador right. imagery was right. in the movie. Right. And, and so Leto himself actually took over the 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 Caladan when he was fairly young. Yeah, I think and, they meant that, that. There's a scene where he kind of tells him about that. Yeah, and in the movie, and so he meets he meets Duncan Idaho when Duncan's just a kid, and mm. then he sees, you know, he sees something in Duncan, and he sends him to this planet where the Swordmasters of Ganez train, and mm-hmm. Duncan gets trained <laughs> by the Swordmasters of Ganez, which are like 
the, the finest swordsman in the Imperium. And so he's super leveled up from that. And then he goes back and learns even more by fighting alongside Gurney Halleck, by fighting alongside Thufir Howitt, the Duke's uh, Mentat assassin. And then, you know, just learning from the Duke himself. And then they all have this fanatical loyalty to the Atreides. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's essentially why the Emperor was so jealous of, of Leto, is because it's like he's got these warriors that could probably best... I mean, think about how many Sardaukar Duncan Idaho killed before they took him out. That's fucking unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, one one man does not kill like over a dozen Sardaukar before being taken out. That shit doesn't mm-hmm. happen. And so that's why they saved his body. Because after they killed him, they were like, Jesus Christ, we can't let this genetic stock go to waste. This guy's mm-hmm. a bad motherfucker. And so nice. they took him and sold him to the Benny Tlilacs, which are the genetic people. I'm such a fucking dork. I know yeah, way dude, too much about this shit. Yeah, dude, you're going off on this shit. I love it, dude. <laughs> like, like, try not to piss my pants, but I'm like, man, this guy's going. I love it. Like, just listen to this. Makes me want to read the books, but... I, I should have put spoiler warnings earlier. Spoilers! Yeah, no shit. Well, while I fucking just verbal have fucking verbal diarrhea about Dune, I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it was my fault. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> It, it, I was sucked in immediately. Like I was like, people were like, oh, it's so slow. And it no, fuck, I loved it. Loved the tone. I'm glad I you loved liked the it. Music. I loved, I loved everything about it. And I, I don't know how true it is to the books, and I don't know if it's, if it, if it holds up or if it. It's very it close. Plays. They just omitted a bunch of shit. They trimmed a sure. bunch of the quote unquote fat out. Sure. But if you sure. read the book, the book is very much more. You know, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. So the the book is much more like Game of Thrones, like intrigue Politics and shit like and that. Killing yeah, families and, and, and they they just gave you summarizations of all that shit in the movie. Yeah. They, they skipped right past it. Yeah, if it was a series, it would have been a different story. But obviously, they got a movie. So what are they going to yeah. do? You know? And you know, if if you're not into reading, I highly recommend checking out the audiobook and listening to it because it's a highly it's it's such. I mean, when it came out, it won like the two biggest sci fi awards that there were. Like the the Hugo Award and the Nebula Award. Maybe I'll go for it, man. I, it's fucking great. It's so good. And um, I, from what I've heard, is his plan is to do Dune the first book in two movies, and then to do um, the the next one, which is uh, Dune Messiah, as the third movie. And that basically tells all of Paul's story for the most part. Okay, so it'll be like a trilogy for Paul. Yes. But it would be fucking awesome if they did Children of Dune also, because that's truly the end of Paul's story is all the way through Children of Dune. Okay. And and that's where you get the start with, with Leto the second beginning his his transformation. Okay. <laughs> and that shit's badass because he's a badass little kid. Nice. Um but yeah, yeah, we should we should wrap this up, dude. I've I've had a fucking great time talking to you, as usual. Dude, I was I love looking I like I said, I don't I feel like the only way I can get on here for two hours and, and just bullshit with you is, is, is go come on Starcast, and that's fine. That's what I'll do. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy your show, man. I really do. I love listening to you on, on your show. I love listening to you on PCL, and you've become a, a pretty good regular on that show, which is always a, a complete positive. So, I've, I have the best time talking movies, and, and you know, just just hanging out with those guys on a Saturday is always super fun. And, and do Brian and Jake always make me laugh so much and, mm-hmm. and listeners of the show know how much I like to laugh. So yeah, there you go. I <laughs> I'm, can't wait for your, uh, your book, man. You gave me a little tease and, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sucked in. I, hopefully something like this, something comes out soon. Dude, it's, it's moving right along. Um, Good. it's moving right along. I, I was working on it earlier this week and yeah, just, just keep pushing. 
Every, nice, every time it gets a little closer to done. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait, man. I really, truly can't wait. Uh, well, so. yeah. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, yeah, I got a podcast with Neil, a friend of, of yours and friend of mine. And uh, we do a show called Smorgasbord. And what we do is basically just break down episodes in the Star Trek universe. There's so much current Star Trek right now, which is awesome. Obviously, it's not all top quality, but it's there and I'm always going to watch it. So we break episodes down and sometimes we just do um, whole season recaps. We just finished the last episode was a whole recap for, for Picard season two. And our thoughts on on that show, and 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 we didn't break that one down episode. We left that to another show, another friend of ours called Picard Cast. So we just did a recap show. Um, we're gonna do a recap show for uh, Strange New Worlds, which is unfortunate because that is a fantastic show, and it really gives me like original Trek vibes, and and they're doing really good stuff with it. Um, but just time permitting, uh, Neil's job in the summer and everything, it's it's rough. So we're gonna do a recap of that. And then we'll be going right into Lower Decks Season 3, uh, episode by episode breakdown, because that's our favorite show, and that's how we started, is on Lower Decks. So if you haven't seen Lower Decks on Paramount+, Plus, it's a Star Trek show, and it's you know fun and silly and goofy. The, the, the good thing is, is Mike McCann is, 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 pays real good tribute, like very much respects the fandom. And, um, and yeah, there's tons of Easter eggs and callbacks and, and it's just, it's a very good time. If you get a chance, if you love Trek, give it a shot. Lower decks on Paramount plus. Excellent. Yeah. I still need to watch that show. I've got, I have, I have Paramount plus now and, and that's one where every once in a while I'll see the thumbnail. I'm like, shit, I gotta watch this sometime. Yeah. I think you, I think your kids would enjoy it too, man. It's, it's it's not a kid's show. Like it's not per se, but like. I know that uh, Jason Prevett, a uh, good friend, um, uh, also in the Leftover Army, he he watches it with his kids, and they absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, I would say just check it out with the family. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. Check out Smorgasbord, and uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this is StarCast.